Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. We're here. Sunday night, time for a street fight. We're ready to take your calls. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. We got some room right now, so if you want to get in, please jump in right now. It's time to do it. Uh, We are your number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And we do this every single Sunday night. We take calls from workers, from anybody trying to make sense of the world around them. We're looking for drug stories, military recruitment stories, bad bosses, small business tyrants, really anything of interest. Uh, You're welcome. This is an open line for the Street Fight community to let us know what's going on. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing the show for nine years. And professionally, we've been doing it for quite a few now. I recently got some uh, DNC highlights from 2016, almost four years ago, uh, with the first live show we did with Chapo back in Philadelphia. So it's been a while, and uh, Brian and I don't get to go to work as much as we used to. So we like to hear from the community to know what's happening out there in the world. Uh, You can also find more of what we do every Wednesday night when we do the Basement Street Fight, where Brian and I just talk shit about the world and mostly Mike Rowe. Uh, But also, uh, you know, we answer questions and we cover any stories you may have as well. For those of you that like the written word, you can always send us any info to streetfightradio at gmail.com. and we will answer your questions on the show. You can watch us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, or just listen as a podcast. Um, podcast subscribers, you got that bonus show earlier this week with Tommy Franklin, uh, the documentarian out of Minneapolis. So, you know, that is a reason to subscribe to the podcast. You, you might miss out on some audio content, but, uh, you know, most of it is happening on the stream these days. I feel like I'm talking forever. I don't think so. When the song runs out, I'm like, shit, I have more to say, but... <clears throat> I think it was like two and a half minutes or I something. I think we're good. I, we uh, we did some bonus content for the feed. Uh, the first episode of 100 Million Tons of Steel with Minion Death Cult is out. Uh, Hi-Fi Friday is here. People liking that episode didn't get mad so far. Haven't good. had any angry metalheads. Uh, it's important. I listened to it today just to... Anytime I do a mini, you know, the mini series thing has like really skyrocketed the amount of my own self that I listen to because, you know, when you're switching the format of the show every five or six weeks, you probably should listen to the first episode, maybe the first two and see what it sounds like. Know what's going on. Yeah. So I listened to it today and I was like, ah, we were okay. I mean, people expect a deep dive for Uh, everything I do now. You know what I mean? Like, so I'll be like, oh, I'm doing Holy Boys. Oh, a deep dive. It's like, no, it's just, I promise How deep you, are we supposed to go? Like, just I read mean, billboard charts and shit? Well, I think the thing is, like, I don't think anybody's saying this. I just am very conscious of the idea that, like, because Mike, my buddy Mike Spears from the Everything Elite podcast is a huge doom metal fan. And he said, thanks for doing it. I love that episode. And I thought it was really good. So that one made me feel good. So listen to everything elite because they have a real they nice. They make you feel good. Yeah, they make me feel good. I also do their show a lot, so that's another reason to listen. Uh, so uh, Gwen, school, not going. They made we're the, online only. They made the announcement. Yeah, didn't find out till last night. I was reading the news. 
which I don't do. You don't but read last the news? night I got so much news information. I'm over here earlier telling Brad, Brad about the news, which I never read the news, dude. I get all my news just scrolling through the timeline. You mean like local news? Like I was on Google News scrolling uh, through reading news stories. Right. Like it's the paper. Like it's the paper. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to go on Twitter. Cause I was it, like, I have this thing about reading. Twitter is a lot different than reading a book or the news or a long read or something like that, where it's like with Twitter, you feel like you gotta, you don't feel like you have to, but you can engage with the stuff that you're reading. So you, you, there's a certain amount of like self inflicted pressure when I'm on Twitter to like be a part of whatever the conversation is. Whereas if I'm reading news stories or if I'm reading a book, it's passive. It's one sided. I can't. It, yeah. It's like somebody's telling me something, you know? So I'm reading the news yesterday and the two things I found one was that they moved my daughter's school to online only, which I'm going to bring this up. So there was a meeting on July 22nd where they made the decision they were going to go back with a tiered system. Okay. And it would be this weird. There were two choices. You could go back, which would be a tiered system. If you, if you went back to school, it was either online only hybrid where people go in at different times or full on school, or you could choose online only. And you had to choose that. And then stick with it for nine weeks. And then you would have a chance to, every nine weeks, you would have a chance to go to a the other system. system yeah. Okay. And uh, I was disappointed. I was very disappointed because the school district that we moved our daughter into is not one that, uh, it's not hurting for money. Yeah. It is uh, a liberal kind of suburban enclave in downtown Columbus, where you would assume they would be making the decisions that you would want them to make. You know what I mean? Like, th it's what I thought. I yeah. thought that, that because when I look at people on the left, I see people making very responsible decisions about this kind of stuff. Like, we need to stay home. You know what I mean? So I just extrapolate that to yeah. liberals, which... Is always the wrong decision, but I do it, you know? Yeah, I think the problem is, I mean, I was happy because I'm Columbus Public, and, like, when they laid the numbers out, they're like, there's 50,000 students and, like, fucking 9,000 administrative people. There's no way we can mix y'all up together and have it be make sense. Well, that's... And I, and I thought, I was really happy that they came out and, and didn't, like, kick the can down the road. I think what you have in these smaller districts is that people think that they can they can clean good enough. People think they can clean good enough to go to school. Yeah. Well, and, and I think like something that was getting to me more than anything was like this idea that, because what they were doing was by offering the online, they were offering a choice. Yeah. Right. I don't think personally that this is an individual choice that they're making. I think that when the outbreak happens, it will 100% be because of the school, the place where all of the people are gathering and then going and being among the other, like, how do you enforce like an NBA style bubble yeah. on a school? You can't do that. So it, it like wasn't going to work at all. There was no way. 
And uh, I was very disappointed that they did this. And the other thing they did was last week they sent out an email that said, hey, um, you know, we're seeing some people pick the online. And we just want to tell you, it's going to be really hard to get help for your kid from the teacher on the homework. And, you know, we don't know if they're going to be able to, like, give them the amount of time they would need to help them. So if you think they would have trouble, you should send them to school. And it's like, so you're like pushing them to go to school i don't want my kid to get a half-assed education i don't want my kid to not have access to a teacher you know and they were like oh yeah it could be a couple days before you could talk to a teacher they're not going to have office hours because they're going to be teaching regular classes yeah okay they're gonna they're supposed to teach regular uh, we we have we've had teachers write into the show and they say yeah you're supposed to teach regular classes also do an online education and also uh sterilize the whole place and this isn't something i'm blaming the teachers for this is the school board making this decision so then yesterday they have another meeting and they decide we're going online only and all i can think is what are you saying the online sucks yeah you already (laughs) you just tell us that like if you do online only it sucks it's like when you're going to buy a car and they're like oh this one's fucking great you don't want to get like a hyundai or something (laughs) and your your credit isn't good enough to get the car and they're like hyundai's are great cars they just pivot into like i mean sometimes you can uh shine shit into a diamond I was like, I was just like, look, I'm glad they took the choice away, but it is kind of funny that you just spent last week telling us how shitty the online was going to be and then moved it to online. Well, I mean, maybe with, I guess it'll be better with the teacher focused doing it. I can't imagine them being like, I mean, you expect somebody to show up and do three out fucking three shifts of three hour schools and then also have time for your to read your kids paper and emails at the end of the day yeah they're also they're also interestingly enough they're not closing the school all right so the teachers will have office hours which i think makes a little bit of sense if you keep the teachers in their rooms yeah they can do office hours and have the students come in sort of one at a time yeah that mean, okay i'm like in college yes right i get it yeah so they are talking about that and also just like man i would just want a place to go to where you only have to be there for your work and leave yeah yeah like, i think that's the biggest problem with the with the working from home is my wife has had like anxiety attacks at like 11:59 and been like I don't have enough hours for the week on like Friday night and then on Monday she'll be like oh lol I worked 49 actually yeah like, yeah yeah that stuff adds up quick yeah Katie's I, the same way Katie works her fucking ass off like crazy it's like the same way me and you complain about you know you end up just working all the time that's how she is man she yeah. fucking just works the whole day and all all day and all night you know you have been getting a hold of her at seven. She's like, oh, I'm just about to shut down. And it's like, dude, you started at nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got up before me. Yeah. You were up like four hours before I got up. And it's like, what are you even, what, what are we doing here? But like, and salary, like maybe if, okay, here's an idea I came up. I've just come up with off the top of my head. Now that most people are work from home or a lot of people are work from home, we make salary illegal. You got to get paid by the hour now because companies are totally taking advantage of it. From what I'm hearing from my wife, it's like she goes into work and 
they're complaining about efficiency like crazy. They're like, oh, you're going to work from home now, even though that is bad for the company and bad for us and you're not getting enough work done. Yeah. And it's like, what are they going to fuck? Now they're sitting at home like, well, if I don't fucking work 11 hours today, then they're going to fucking lay me off and I'll be gone. You know? Yeah. That is a fucked up system. <laughs> it is. That's what they say to them. They're like, they say we're not getting shit done. Uh, it's not efficient and stuff is happening slow and we're losing some money. They're still very profitable. The section of the place that my wife works is the only profitable section in the entire company. The other ones are like loss leaders. So like she's relatively safe in any way that you can be safe in sort of those, you know, kind of positions where they could say we're laying off 500 people and you're one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Your director comes in and you don't know who's going to, who's safe anymore. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, they keep telling them like, yeah, man, we're not getting shit done, you know? And, and, and the bonuses probably aren't happening this year and, and stuff like that. So I think they're just busting their asses because, you know, they're just keeping them on their, they're keeping them on their heels. They just it's make you think you're fucked, you know? Shot gaming in the chat. This is fucking hilarious. They said, salary is bad. I'd rather be hour- hourly. We had a term in video game production called sourly, where the people who got promoted to salary still had to stay around the hourly workers who raked in overtime while they didn't get any more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. when you become coach or team lead, now you're sourly. Yeah. They got my wife like... For almost no reason, because she doesn't have like a management position or anything like that. She just she started hourly and they were like, guess what? You moved into salary, baby. And yeah. like got very excited. Like she was supposed to be like, yes. I was like, yeah, it's it's bullshit. Too. My, my wife, um, she was salary, but they paid overtime. They were they were like, we pay salary for 40 hours a week and then anything over that we will give you extra. But they've rolled that back since quarantine and corona well they're every that that's been something that's also been making me nuts is like they're just they are just like using this as a way to take more away i don't think it's that nefarious i do yeah probably not i mean it's just that there isn't this is we're not set up for this there's not enough money to to go around you know and like the people in charge of uh projects to make money go around is there's nothing there True. We're in a very weird situation. Like I, I, you know, not to, like I'm not trying to defend the small business tyrant, but there is just, uh, there's money required. You know, like the before times, there was a lot of money coming in that you were keeping for yourself or wasting on other shit, and now there's like no fucking money coming in. Yeah, and it's like this is not a good way to do society. Yeah. So the only other thing that happened, there were two more things that happened this weekend in the news. I, I wanted to bring up that, uh, I read a bunch of Democratic, uh, operatives, uh, editorials. Okay. Begging Joe Biden not to debate. Begging him not to debate. Don't debate. Cancel all three debates. Just, they, just cancel. Just go with the straight yes, no vote. Like, That's red, it. Blue we're vote. just going to go with the votes. Yeah. That's where we're at. Um, I, I honestly, I had this reckoning where talking down to people that support Joe Biden is stupid. And I don't think that they think he's the change of anything. They just want anything but Trump, you know? 
Like that's what that's what it is. There, like you can tell them it's bad, but it's anything but Trump for everybody. Yeah, I saw. I was down over by the river, and I saw a fucking sign. Rainbow said riding with Biden and he was in a convertible turned to the side with technicolor sunglasses on and was just like taken off into the distance like he had just punched it like fucking how, about to stab off into the distance how funny would it be to change that to hiding with biden and yeah. have him like peeking around a tree because that's what it feels like he's doing have you seen the settle for biden people do you know if yeah that's real? That, i don't think that's real. you think it's I, a fake i think everybody thinks it's real i'm the i i'm probably like in the minority of people who who i think it's, it's a work well yeah it i it could be it's tongue in cheek no matter what. I think yeah, it's, it's agitating. jokey no matter what. It's good. Yeah. I think yeah. It, I think it agitates in the right direction. Well, it's just saying, but it it and it also is pissing people off too. I That's mean, good. if you look at the uh comments on their posts, it's like people are pissed off about uh about the fact that it exists, which I, I think that's really cool, you know, like where they're like, we shouldn't have to. S- oh, now you're saying settle. It's like, what the hell, man? It's not settling. This is Joe Biden. He's an accomplished politician. Yeah. Okay. Riding with Biden. Yeah. Hiding with Biden. So and then uh, uh, just just uh, uh, last. The, but Biden not debating seems bad to me. I feel I mean, that's like that absurd. seems like a bad choice. I mean, part of the street fight before we had our theme song, our original intro was a bunch of highlight clips uh, with music with a music bed. And I think I famously said that there should be a bar at the state house and anybody that's a legislator should feel comfortable enough walking past a bar of their drunkest constituents and, and be able to ride that line like if they tear you apart i feel like that's your problem yes and i feel like that's where we're at with this is like uh sorry joe but uh if you don't got a fucking backbone and you can't talk shit like i don't want you to be you don't need to be a candidate like they can the the presidents were like slapped each other's in the face with gloves and did duels and shit yeah and nobody can nobody they're acting like Trump, because they're like, Trump's just going to go talk. out there and lie. And it's like, the motherfucker, then lie. Say he's lying. <laughs> like, no president, every president has lied at these things. That's what it is. It's a fucking yeah, word they line. go and lie to it's us. It's a lying competition. <laughs> yeah, that's what a debate really is. It is. They go on stage and they fucking lie and they say, wouldn't it be neat if we could do this? Yeah. You know? They lie the best. Yeah. They can. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's hard to do. It's hard to lie on the spot in front of all of America. Yeah. And I think that's a skill that the president should have. I don't think Joe Biden should get out of lying in front of us. Like, he needs to go out there and lie to us. Yeah, and we... He's just gonna... Like, do we never get to see him? He's gonna become, like, a a character on TV, like Equilibrium, where they're just gonna fucking deepfake him after he dies, and he'll be just on a video screen, like, I'm your president, Joe Biden, and I want you to stop protesting. And they're just gonna be fake video played over and over of him. It is a fucking weird year. It is such a wild thing that COVID happened in an election year because it does sort of lend itself to thinking like that he's not alive, that we're like voting for Max Headroom. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Because he's not around. I I told you, I read this article the other day. It said Joe Biden uh, hasn't been heard from for 28 days. That's how they opened the article. The last time we heard from Joe Biden was 28 days ago. I'm like, 
Dog, I mean, I'm updating like every 28 minutes, 28 <laughs> hours. If I go over 28 hours, you should check on me. If I haven't updated Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or any of that, like check on me. Yeah. But like I'm I'm around and I've got opinions ready to go at all times of the hours. Twenty eight days is some like eighteen hundreds oh, yeah. amount of time. You oh, know, yeah. like you would understand it if it was like the eighteen hundreds and it had to like get the word had to circulate. He had to get enough stone fruits together to build the energy to write a rebuttal or something. Yeah, or like it had to, it was like it was in a newspaper, which then they put on a horse that then went to like another yes. place with a newspaper. Yes. And like, because you couldn't just get like newspaper information out there. Yes. Like 28 days probably yeah, makes sense, sure. you know? But now you gotta hear. I mean, at least once a day. It's I election year. Get on Instagram Live and say, what's up? I'm cooling. Like, just <laughs> yeah. be Chilling there. in Cedar Rapids. A- AOC is on there all the time. Yeah. She just will just go and have a fucking glass of water with her Instagram people. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Really. I know. And pe- the, the, literally, the chat is just full of comments like, this is fucking flames, dog. Like, she's tearing it up. Like, people are just there and... He's decided that he doesn't want to debate. Yeah. Uh, it's just very strange to me. I, I really. It just, but it is their constituency, scared people that don't want confrontation. Like that's who they're going after. Someone. And that's how we're in this situation. The Republicans get to tell everybody they're not allowed to be fucking gay. They're not allowed to, uh, use drugs. They're not allowed to be poor or black or whatever the fuck it is. And, and Democrats just sit down and say, okay, I, I don't want to fight or anything. I don't want to get into a debate about that. You know, geez, if you feel so strongly, I guess we should just uh, only fund abstinence only in the schools. I also do feel as though I could I could debate Donald Trump. I think I could do well against a guy like him. They're like, I don't understand why they're so freaked out by the guy. The, He's we, a winner. He He won. He doesn't seem like a winner now. Like, he's not he's impressive on the right bit. now. He's Yeah, he's on the ropes. So... I don't know. I'm not intimidated by him. I wouldn't be intimidated by him. I don't fucking understand why they're so intimidated by a guy that is so clearly like, I do feel like Bernie Sanders could have beat him in a debate. I think he would have been fine. I think almost anybody else with the exception of Elizabeth Warren that was running would have done and Pete. Okay. Almost none of them, almost no Democrats could beat him. So I guess there's that. And the last thing before we get the calls, they're getting rid of TikTok. So. Oh, no. Yeah. No, really? He wants to do an executive order to get rid of TikTok. And then Chuck Schumer came out today and said he's in favor of getting rid of TikTok. Oh, Christ. Really? What, what so, happened? I mean, if both of is those. There a, is there some sort of Schumer hashtag on TikTok or something? I I think they just, I don't. I will never understand how this is different from Facebook and Google, other than it being Chinese. Right. You know what I mean? No, that's supposed to be sinister. The Chinese part makes it sinister. But what are they getting from us out of this? I don't, they know that I, I mean that I, I, I claim to be a clean eater, but I use the Taco Bell app three times a week. Like, I don't know what information they're going to get. I, that's I what I, I, like, like I haven't, I've had the same password that I use for everything since I was 15 and none of my shit has ever been stolen. Yeah. I just don't know what 
in this world people think they're getting from TikTok. Like I don't I don't I guess like Chinese if you people could, are evil. That's really yeah. that's what they're saying is that you can't trust Chinese people. Yeah. And they just say the Communist Party of China, too. Yeah, That's yeah. what they've been saying. They're like, the Communist Party of China is getting all this information. They're going to register your information and give you free health care if you ever end up in China. <laughs> and you're like, what is the information? They should have to tell us what the information is, I think. Like, what is... The, the chat is upset. All the InfoSec people in the chat are saying that it's way worse than the other ones, but... What's the information? I don't know what the information is. Is it credit card numbers? They can see your b-hole. They know when your creams. They know when your creams either. are for your balls. But I don't care about that. They I, know when you have ball cream. I guess I don't have opsec at all. I'm not an opsec guy. Like I don't have any. Like I'm sure there's somebody, some pervert somewhere in another country looking at my penis while I'm in the shower because my phone's in there playing, you know, podcasts. Yeah, you know. But I just feel like everything that happens on my phone is like. It's just like listening to podcasts and looking at Twitter and like yeah. grocery lists. And I go on my bank website and I look at the balance and then I go to the calculator and, you know, I figure out where my money is yeah, and sad. stuff. It's just, that's all it is. I'll have, tell you have, how much money I have, have right been, now on this radio. They have pictures of you weeping after you check your bank account. <laughs> yeah, they probably do have that. Oh, I do this. I do this actually. Here's what I do when I people I've never described this except for anybody but my therapist. Here's what I do. I go like this. I open the app. I look at it. You have to hit sign in now. Yeah. And then you type your password on the next page. No touch ID. I no. I credit union. They okay. just the most low tech yeah. shit in the world. I just got Apple pay. It's like, but anyway, so I open it and I'm on that first screen and then I hit sign in now. And then I go like this. You wince? Probably $600. But that $600 that I'm guessing is like $200 more than I really think I have. Less than I really think I have, right? Okay. Like, so I think I have $800. Right. But you're. But I'm saying, ah, it's probably 600 bucks. So that when I come in, if I have it's 800 It's at $545. Yeah. If I, if I come in and I have 800 bucks, okay. it's like. Oh, I'm doing good, you know? Fuck, yeah. And then I fucking log in every time it's $200 less than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> just, and I went, and then I close it, and then I go like this. All right. You rub your temples? Uh, well, yes. And then I also go to the calendar to find out, you know, when money's <laughs> Yeah, that's there. always good. <laughs> no, the last week, I'm always bummy. Like, my wife is always like, what's, what's wrong? I'm like, there's just not enough money. There's just never enough money. <laughs> Just never, never enough. Never. I just want to do the business stuff and I'm held back. There's just always waiting for money. But I do the same thing when I check and, uh, but I'm, I'll be off. Like I'll, I'll be like, there's probably $600 in there and I'll show, I'll sign in. It'll be 345. And then I like stand up and I like take my hat off my head and I'm just like, start like, oh shit. That's how I oh, am too. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What so what do we got to do? What do we got to buy? What do we got to buy? And you know what? That is like a whole, me and you are complaining about this now is so much. I'm glad that it's like this because before, I mean, five years ago, even maybe even less than five, three years ago, it was like, 
Okay, I think I got a hundred dollars in the bank, and then I'd open it, and I got negative one thirty-five. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's like a different thing. Our, our bank has our. They switched to this thing where you had until the end of the banking day to pay back any negatives, and they w- <laughs> wouldn't give you uh, overdraft fees. Tight. So I would get, I would roll up at like one p.m. and check the <laughs> bank, and be like, "Uh, we have to get three hundred dollars by six p.m." <laughs> 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 yeah, because there were so many times. Because like when when you have when you think you have six hundred dollars, but you have three hundred forty five dollars, there's room to move in there. You know what I mean? Like there's like you can be like, what can I not buy that has to be bought? What can I push off? What bill can I pay later? But when you think there's a hundred dollars in your bank account and there's minus one thirty five, there's no money. There's yeah, none. There's yeah. nothing to move there's nothing to stretch if and you only have a hundred dollars in your bank you don't have anything worth more than a hundred dollars in your house <laughs> i mean i still get down pretty low but i can i i'd still like if i get down low i get down to like 80 bucks which i think is fine if you like, cause that, I just need that to cover the automatic withdrawals that happen every month. The, cause I don't know what dates they take the money out at all. I have no idea what day Netflix comes out. No idea what day Amazon, com- like all these companies, I don't know what days they come out at all. And they just surprise me, you know? And like, uh, uh, so I like to have enough money that can cover all of those just in case one comes out. So it doesn't overdraft me. You know, but I canceled a bunch of my streaming services too. I canceled New Japan. I canceled WWE. Smart. I canceled uh, canceled a couple other ones. DC Universe, which is gone anyway, but I canceled it. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna get Peacock. I'm gonna go ahead and get Peacock soon. They got that Brave New World on that. Oh, really? There I is something on that. Yeah, I want to see Brave New World. Is it good? Does are you reading reviews? No, I I loved the book. Ah, I watched Your Highness last night. That's a bad idea. I never saw it. Yeah, I don't. It's good for, it would be my type of movie, but. Katie's like, do you remember liking it when you saw it? Because it came out 2011. She's like, do you remember like liking it? And I was like, this is not a movie I would have watched twice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not very good. I mean, obviously, like a lot of the jokes are so bad, like, you know, problematic jokes. But that I don't care about really when I'm watching a movie that old. But I did watch it and I did I I had the first this is the first time I've thought like I don't think they can make sex comedies anymore. I think like those days are really over. Like the the day of the sex comedies over. I really don't think you can make those movies Stop with the dirty it. sex are, jokes. What are you fucking Anthony Cumia or something? I don't. I what? You're Adam Carolla now. That is true. You could you still talk about too. BJ's and yeah, you could. Blockers came out right. That movie sucked though. It wasn't um, like very funny, and it probably had jokes in it that uh, were bad. There's a good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a while before Hollywood can navigate like a, a new sexual comedy. I could make a sex. It's, comedy. We got to put it on the back burner for a while because there there is like. I mean, in, in the same way of like, uh, Blanca, when she called last week, there is a rush where everybody's like, Oh, w- like gender equality is solved. Like we, we can do, we can do fucked up things now because everything's solved. And it's like, no, we're not even close to that shit. Like there's still a lot of, 
the movies that are coming out and all of those themes are still shit that has to be like ground into the ground. Oh yeah. I mean, it's still garbage. You watch these movies, you watch these fucking movies from like 2010, 2011, oh, 2006 God. and like it's all homophobic yeah. jokes. It's like all that's the that's 90% of the comedy. And, and like it, it's like that like super bad, which is a movie I watch with my kid and as we're watching it, you know, she's laughing at a lot of the stuff, but then she's like this I mean, it was like, you know, us watching a movie with, like, Blazing Saddles. And yeah. And like, I can't believe they said the N-word in a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was just like, what the hell? That's, there's just so much. Every other word is the F-slur. Is it? The F-slur slur so much yeah. in those movies. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Let's get some calls in, man. Maybe they'll, maybe we'll, uh, maybe somebody will tell us how they can make a, I mean, you could definitely make a sex comedy I think I could navigate it. it. There would be stuff in it that I think would be edgy. Yeah, obviously. It, should, it should be. But like, I think I could navigate it in a way that I don't think I could. I could do it without hurting people's feelings. I think. Well, I think also. I mean, in the same way that like what we do like pisses off everybody because like our edginess is like disrespecting America and everybody likes it. Like disrespecting uh like the heteronormative thing is will be a huge fucking success. You know, like there's a there's a there's a definitely a way to go after it. Uh, there was that that thread on Twitter last week about writing about sex in the city Mm -hmm. and about how Carrie Bradshaw was a sex columnist that didn't know about foot fetishes, anal sex, uh, blowjobs. Like she was like, she had never heard of any of these very common sexual fucking things to do, you know? (laughs) Like, and they were always like, Oh my gosh, he, he likes ice. He likes ice in my mouth when I give a blowjob, you know, like that was scintillating to them. I feel like a part of me wants, I guess uh, we could do that at some point on on this thing as like a deep dive into like sex comms no in like 2000s late 90s sitcoms and like talk about some of the things like some of the understandings that they had before because yeah. i mean really this is democratization of media is is really what's happened is where it's like oh people don't like it when every other joke is just your gay yeah yeah, like, yeah. That, that's all it is it it was like back then nobody was tell or you weren't able to tell the people that were writing the stuff yeah that was the case Put the breaks yeah yeah that's all it was and i think that like because i don't know a lot i i know that most comedians even like the super edgy ones are like well if i thought you know what i did made people feel bad sure i once heard jim norton of all people say like you know, I'm just joking. I'm because he says some pretty vile shit. Sure. But he's like, I'm just. He is like, I. He was talking about like the difference between like what he does and like just like having somebody come to your show and like straight up bullying them in the audience. Yeah. For, he said some. I remember he said if somebody showed up to one of my shows and they were in a wheelchair, he was like, I would have like, I would think about that as part of my set because I don't want ever want somebody to pay money and come to see me and have their feelings hurt. And that's like sort of the way I think too, is like if somebody says they're offended by something I say, like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I, especially, I, I, I don't say this word, right, but I don't want to hurt a comrade's feelings. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll hurt a conservative's feelings. I'll just call them ugly. Yeah. Let's jump on the horn. Let's do it. Let's jump on the horn. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? 
Hey, this is Tyler from Oregon. What's up, Tyler? How's it going in Oregon? Oh man, you know, with that, uh, I'm an ER nurse, and it's kind of, kind of starting to suck. But what's up? With that cheap weed there, though, you got cheap weed there, so that's something. It, it is very much something, and it helps. Yeah, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, I just two things. I was the guy who yelled peanut at John Cullen at your live show. <laughs> Hey, you know he and, uh, uh, he told me on on and I, you'll probably hear this that he thinks that I've slid into the Stefan spot on the POD cast and and I told him it's nothing personal. I don't like to see anybody have fun, so <laughs> that's 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 why I I I am like that. <clears throat> that's totally fair. I so I've been a nurse for a little while, and I got to thinking about my old jobs and how I really wish I stole more. Like I didn't do that enough. Yeah. You can't do that as a nurse either. Not well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> nurse uh, Jackie. <laughs> I mean, they, they probably have the good stuff locked down at this point, right? They do. I've mostly stolen bleach wipes. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, say gloves and cleaning supplies. Yeah, I, I mean, gloves, every bleach wipe. You can steal toilet paper from any job you work at. You're who Trump warned us about. He said the nurses are stealing all the PPE. Uh, yeah, that's why we're wearing garbage bags now, because we all have it at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, so I got to, I used to work at Sears, right? And, you know, fuck Sears. And I used to, like, can I tell a story? Is that cool? Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, so when I was, like, in college, I had this shit boss at Sears named Greg, and he was, like, this just dickhead. He's like, you got to come in 15 minutes early, or I'm counting you half an hour late, that kind of shit. Whoa! I've never... that. This is the first time I'm... I don't think anybody's ever said this on this show, and I've I've never heard come in 15 minutes early, and I'm counting you half an hour late. Yeah, and it was just for... It was all roll call shit where we'd sit there before the store opened. We weren't even allowed to clock in yet, but he'd like, he'd give you the shit assignments. Cause I worked in electronics, but if you, if you messed with Greg, he would make your life hell. So what I, what I would do is we get these old fuckers coming in to buy HD, like HD TVs, like their first one. And like the HDMI cables there at Sears were like $40. So me and a buddy bought like, Six dollar cables from Amazon were like, "Hey man, we'll hook you up. We'll come install your TV with these cheap cables. You don't need to pay all this. They're going to charge you a delivery and installation fee anyway. Why don't you just throw us fifty bucks and we'll take care of it? Even though Sears, the fee was already factored into the cost." Yeah, that I takes love guts. That. Though. that that would I mean because it takes like really one customer to act like a freak about it, you know? Because I've I had I had a buddy who worked at a. Um, at the cable company with me and and he climbed up in this guy's attic and he didn't want to fuck with the guy's stuff the guy lived in the country anyway couldn't get digital cable guy really wanted digital cable so my buddy was just like hey i have a, a friend who who does dish network uh and gave him the card the fucking guy called work and was like this guy fucking told me he wouldn't fix my stuff uh and then gave me a dish network card and my dude ended up getting in trouble so it like takes one person 
to get weird about it and just be like, uh, and just narc you out, you know? Yeah. I had a, I also had a job, uh, my insurance leads job. Uh, and one of my friends taught me, like, if you had, you could just tell sketchy people when you talk to them on the phone. And, uh, I, I would offer to sell them leads like on my private time. Yeah. Like I would just print out an Excel spreadsheet and be like, I mean, you know, uh, they're going to charge you a dollar a lead, but I'll charge you 50 cents off the clock. Tight. So that's a, that's a good move. I, I do like this. Uh, I, I do like your, I like that you jumped ahead of Sears. Like you did, you were like, well, Sears is going to take a lot of advantage of you, but I'm here to help you out and you can pay me for that service. <laughs> the, the HDMI rack, <laughs> the HDMI thing is the best thing to get, make money off of. Cause like there are, I mean, you could tell somebody, really, you could have gotten away with saying, like, hey, I'll sell you this HDMI cord for 40 bucks. It's actually worth 120 and made, like, like, the profit off of that thing. Because a lot of those HDMI cables are, uh, uh, those HDMI cables are kind of, they're cheap, really. If you buy them off of Amazon. Mono price, dude. You can get them for $3. Yeah. But you can also get them. We bought all ours for mono price. You got Monoprice. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you can also buy them. I, I used to hook guys cable up and they would be like, can you believe how good the picture looks? And I'll be like, I'd be like, yeah, what? Like, you know, it's HD. Yes. And, uh, they would be like, yeah, that's that, that's a $250, uh, HDMI cable I hooked up there. That's, and it's like, I would just look at them like, it's, that's like not what it is at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> Digital cable works. Digital cable either on or off. That's it. It's either on or off. There's no, uh, uh, there's no like tuning the picture up. You know, you can't fine tune it. Yeah. yeah so, did you get caught or anything, yeah, or did people take it. you up on it? Oh yeah, I I made hundreds of dollars doing that. I had a shitty old Dodge Caravan, and we bring their TV. Like the cables, I think we spent $40 total in cables and never ran out. But I mean, Sears was marking these fuckers up for like $60, $70. Yeah. I don't feel bad about it. Fuck them. Yeah. That's incredible too. I, I mean, mean, you're, you're just cutting helping them, the customer out. Yeah. Cutting them out on a delivery is tight. Like that. Yeah. That's the a move. The closest I ever got caught was because of delivery. Because like I said, I had a shitty old caravan and it used to leak oil. And it leaked oil in this old asshole's driveway. And he called us back out to his house. And he put cardboard under my motor. He's like, I knew it was you fucking guys. And it's like, well, sorry. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you chose to have the delivery service from... Yeah, like, you're also an accomplice to this. You chose Scuzzbag Deliveries. Yeah, you could (laughs) have chose the Sears van that was, like, ready to go. and, And they do regular maintenance on it. I mean... That was what we did. We were like, fuck off. We got your money. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like one time I watched my father-in-law fall for the guys painting your driveway scam. And it's like some people are oh. just so fucking cheap, you know? Re-asphalting your driveway? Yeah. With black paint? Yeah. They just paint your fucking driveway. <laughs> it's like very cheap. Freshen it's, it up. It's a move. I, I mean, if I ever go broke, I'm, I'm painting fucking driveway. I mean, I would paint the numbers on. I think that's a, ne- a value added service that's necessary. Every fucking dude I knew that did that was like a pillhead. 
on uh, pills. Yes, <laughs> yeah, every yeah. single I can tell one. Every yeah. single one that ever offered to do it was like, all right. <laughs> Here's twenty dollars. Just for, walking around with a little can of paint, two little cans of paint. I got and, all the numbers. I got every number. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that is a, that's actually really incredible. I love it's that. like uh, no, that's, I mean, you're an entrepreneur, dude. Like you, you literally you saw the the hole, and I, I mean, I used to do when I like when I did sales, I was always pretty bad at it. I would tell people where there was better deals. I remember working at the toy store and being like. Fuck, these GameCube games are $60 here, but I, Toys R Us has them for 45 right now. The car guy tried to fucking do that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car guy fucking was like, take it to, you know, this other place, and they'll just cut the catalytic converter right out, you know? Yeah. Wild. Well, it, I mean, I would open TVs, and it's like, oh, I guess this box is open. It's a show, it's a show model, so that's $200 off if you feel like tipping me or buying insurance, which I get commission from so that's how i ran that <laughs> hell yeah oh you get that's why i hate i don't like it when a person had, i know you didn't know they could, i know i did i i i hate when they ask because i know that they're not because i talked to like a bunch of service workers on the show i've been a service worker i feel like the cashier is disappointed in me when i don't buy the insurance you know what i mean yeah you have to make it about yeah we 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 <laughs> We, we're trained to give you that look like, no, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to get chewed out by my boss, but you don't care. You don't give a fuck. You're going to home not, with a brand new TV. It just makes me feel like it, it just makes me like they're looking at you like, I mean, it could break. Once you know? again, it's like- my, my, the best one I had, uh, my, <laughs> Micro Center, I went to look at TVs and the guy was like, all right, the LG is like 400 bucks, but we have Westinghouses for 250 and the replacement plan is 30 bucks. So if this thing shits the bed in the next two years, like you just come get a brand new one and you save a hundred and some dollars a day. And I was like, all right, that makes sense to me. <laughs> God, that's so funny, man. Oh, what a great story. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just, can I plug something? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Your mouth. Yeah, uh, two things. One, if you're an essential worker, I think you should be stealing from your employer more. And two, uh, I have a podcast called Animorphing Time, where we read the kid books from the 90s with a leftist take, and we're very disgusting. So that's great. Fighters, if you like disgusting people. I loved getting Come those books uh, from the old, the, uh, that little paper they gave you that you got to fill out. What was that? The book? I, oh, yeah. We actually interviewed the guy who did all those covers. What? fucking nuts. Wow. I just got to say, I admire yeah. <laughs> I admire anybody who uh, uh, does a podcast where they have to read books. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought yeah, the Chapo thing. Tough when, road to home. When Chapo was like, we're going to do reading clubs, I was like, I wouldn't promise. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... They're they're made for eight to thirteen year olds, so it's fine. Dude, I'm right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's I guess that's true. It's just for me, uh, uh, not like I I do not want to deal with I I I don't want to read books because me and John have to read Corey Taylor's books at some point. Cool. And I'm just like, Ugh, oh. read a fucking book, man. I bet that's gonna be fucking good though. Have you ever seen the covers for Corey Taylor's books? No. <laughs> yes, I've Googled them. <laughs> yeah. Brett, Google uh, his book covers. Just trust me on this. It, it'll blow you the fuck away what his, what his book covers look like. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for... Th- 
Thanks for taking my call. Have a good night, guys. Yeah. You're making me hate you? Yeah. Yeah, you just look at it, because me and John talked about this, and it was just like, he seems so cool. You know what I mean? And then CMFT came out this week, which is mind-blowingly uncool. Like, just to a degree of which I never thought existed within this guy. I think wearing the mask made you think he was something he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that did you look most at the heavy book, lifting. Yeah, you look at those book covers, and you're like, no, this is... I th- I like the mask version yeah. of Corey Taylor. <laughs> All right, next call. Thanks yep. for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hi there. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm coming at you from Appalachia and the Tennessee Valley. All right. And my first time calling in. Sweet. Thanks. How's it going? So, have you? Well, uh, things are going well. Um, I, uh, Brian, I talked to you a little bit earlier today. I DM'd you on Twitter, and I told you I was volunteering as a contact tracer for my uh, county health department. And uh, I just wanted to, if you guys had, like, any questions about, like, things that contact tracers did or uh, if you knew anything about what contact tracing is or, like, how that's stopping uh, the spread of COVID-19, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Right, you did have. You're, do- you're doing contact tracing? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, Are you I'm working paid? with my uh, county. No. <laughs> so, no, I'm actually volunteering right now. Yeah. That was the big problem I saw. I was like, I would do this for money, but I'm not going to do it for fucking free. <laughs> I, well, well, like, I, it's it's sort of like it's it's kind of counting as like. See, I, I'm in the middle of my master's degree, so this is like knocking off some like requirements. So, okay. like, yeah. So, I mean, so, I'm getting like I'm getting paid in the sense that like I don't have to stress next semester, but uh, it's worthwhile. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I no, I definitely think it's worthwhile, and I, and I definitely appreciate uh, appreciate you doing it. I just don't understand. Uh, how they're not like hiring people to do this stuff. Um, so what's, what state are you in again? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. So, uh, what is like, do you get notified of new cases or are you required to drive to people's houses or call them on the phone? Uh, what is, what are you doing to when, when these cases come up? So that's actually a really good question. So basically all the work that I do is just like chilling at home. Um, so, um, one of my, one of my supervisors, like if someone tests positive for COVID-19 or if a doctor says, Hey, you got it. I don't care what the test says. You've got it. You've got all the symptoms. Um, then, uh, that gets, uh, sent to the health department. Uh, and then that gets sent to one of us. Um, and they're just like, Hey, here's the case. Um, here, um, someone at the health department interviews them and then they get basically talk to them and say like, okay, here's how like, all right, tell us about all the people you've seen in like the past 10 days. Um, any people you've had over at your house or whatever. Um, and those people are called contacts. Uh-huh. Um, and so we call it the cases, which are people that have tested positive for COVID-19. So cases are confirmed, uh, and contacts are just people who, you know, you may have like seen them at, you know, you know, walked by them yeah. or talked to them for a few minutes they were and, uh, yeah. So basically my job is just to call, call up the contacts in the cases, basically say, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Are you still feeling good? Do you, do you have any of these symptoms? Um, just, you know, make sure they're doing well. Um, if symptoms come up, then we, uh, can like say, Hey, you know, we're taking you from quarantine, which is like kind of like a light lockdown. Uh, and if you, you end up testing positive, we got to say, okay, we got to put you in isolation, which is basically like, I tell them like, Hey, look, or we're supposed to tell them like, Hey, stay in one area of your house, use a separate bathroom. Yeah. But like, I mean, like how many fucking people are able to just like go to like, Oh yes, let me use the 
upstairs half bath. Like a lot of people yeah. that are getting this are like poor, and they're so like the whole if if someone gets it in the house, it's like usually like the you know I, the the whole family's exposed. Yeah, I mean, I've lived on my own for like uh, seven or eighteen years now, and only in the last six months do I have an option of like using a different bathroom <laughs> than the other people I live with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's um, and what sucks is that like, I mean, as you know, like, there's no, you know, there's no fucking state support, and like, um, and like, literally, Knox County. I I used to live in Knox County, but like, the mayor of Knox County is literally like the ex pro wrestler Kane. Oh yeah, um, and yeah. So he and he, ring. yeah. So and he doesn't he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So yes. Um. So basically, I call people up, make sure they're doing okay, and once they get out of quarantine, which is like, uh, you know, it, it since the day of last contact, it's two weeks. Um. Say hey, here's your letter of quarantine. Um. And here's when it ends. And uh, yeah, just make sure people are doing well. So you um, you give them like an official doctor's notes of quarantine that they can give to their employer, basically. Yeah, so we give them we give them like the official notes that are like notarized by the health department. Okay. Um, and what sucks is that like what sucks is that like I mean, and I guess it makes sense in a way. I guess I can see it from both sides, but they're not legally binding. So like, basically, if if they say, oh, well, you know, screw this, I'm not doing quarantine, then we can't really do anything about it. We just right. got to say, like, if they say, hey, don't talk to me, um, you know, that's, we yeah. got to say, okay, sorry, sir. What is the pushback? So, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, like, I've only read statistics and stuff, but it, it seems that people in the United States are very distrusting of contact tracers and the government in general. And, like, what, what has been your experience trying to talk to? I mean, you're talking to strangers out of nowhere. <laughs> it's interesting because you're doing yeah. you're doing sales, like you're doing sales for the benefit of public health and for all of us. And you kind of have to have that skill set where you're friendly immediately, and someone wants to talk to you. And that's like, yeah, that is a very specialized thing that isn't just good for anyone that can volunteer. Um, getting someone to, to to put their walls down and and talk to you about their personal life and who and where they've been seems like it could be challenging with some people. It is, it, you know, it's funny. I have personally only had one really aggressive person. Uh, and that was like yesterday and I've been doing it since like, uh, April or like, you know, late April or so. Okay. Um, most of the time I just say like, look, I'm, I'm volunteering. I ain't getting paid for this shit. <laughs> and I, I'm doing this, you know, because like, I know people who have had COVID-19 and, you know, I don't want anybody else to get this and I don't want, I, I don't want you getting sick and I don't want anybody else getting sick. And, um, and I always I tell them about consent. I say, look, it's, we're protected under HIPAA. We can't share this information unless mm-hmm. it's like, with like doctors or you without your consent. And then if you don't like, usually we do like a, like an intake interview and like, there's some questions where like, we have to ask like where the home address is. And that's literally just to figure out where to put testing sites. Um, yeah. we say, I say like, look, um, if any of these questions, like you don't feel like answering them, like, don't like, I don't, I totally get it. Like, uh, I don't want you to provide anything that you don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, so I just use, I, I, I make sure I talk, talk about consent. Um, but what's funny is <laughs> the guy that was aggressive yesterday, uh, was the fiance of a case. Um, and the case is super sweet and I feel so fucking bad for her cause she's had, she has a double, she has a lot of issues. Um, I, you know, just, to put it mildly, it's been really, and she's getting better, but it's just been really hard, um, but she's been super sweet. Um, 
but her fiance is a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I call him up and I'm just like, uh, sir, your wife is, te- you know, your wife is tested positive. And then he goes, no, nah, I'll tell you what, no, nah, she, he, she got a negative test. I'm just like, no, sir. Did you talk to her like today? Like they got, a, they just got a new one in and it came in positive. He's like, Oh no. And he's just like coming in super like mean, telling me yeah. like talking over me. Um, yeah. and so I was like, okay, well I'm not getting any info of this guy. So I was like, Hey, you know, do you, uh, are you, how, how's Andrew doing today? And, and, uh, I, and she, and they were just like, Oh, uh, they're, they're fine. They're fine. They're doing good. And so, uh, and that's not his real name, but, um, uh, so basically like, no, I was like, how is, is are so-and-so doing okay? So I like talked to him through the wife and, and that's how I get information sometimes. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, that's yeah. that sounds like doing collections. When I would do collections, <laughs> it does. Like you'd have to, somebody is going to put on a big rah rah, really loud. I'm going to scare you away attitude until you can kind of pierce the veil. Like until you can find a way to yeah. say something off kilter or to say something real that doesn't make you sound like a robot. Uh, they're just going to treat you like somebody to scream at, and then you make friends. Like that's. I mean, I'm good at this type of stuff talking to people on the phone and making fast friends out of them. But it, it is absolutely a skill that is not as easy as just calling somebody on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think, and I mean, honestly, everybody's been really, I've been really thankful to have, I mean, wonderful people to talk to. Everybody's been super cooperative except for that, you know, except for that yeah. one person, everybody's been super cooperative. Um, and I really like it. I like the fact that, you know, and I wish we could do more and I wish we had more capacity. Um, and it's, again, it's really heartbreaking. Like the emotional side is really the, the hardest part. Um, especially when you know, like it's affecting like black and brown families a lot. Um, but like, I mean, shoot, I got friends that have had it and, uh, it's, you know, and they have, they're, they're like feeling better, but like they still have some like weird off days. And that's not to say it'll last forever, but it's just like, oh, there's still so much we don't know about this disease. Yeah. Um, I think. So, so I might sign up. I think I'm going to sign up if I can do it from home and and it's not a huge amount of casework. I I could talk to people about this. I think maybe. So I would love you to do. I mean, just so you could tell me what's going on. You know, because that is a. a, Oh yeah. I mean, it is like a weird thing because people. Um, I mean, there are people that will probably get annoyed with you. Yeah, but not all of them. No, most of them will be nice. I, I think. Maybe a little nervous. Yeah, I just keep, I just keep it pro. I just, and and most of the time people try to like, I just talk like through text messages, and um, I just I just mostly say, hey, you know, if you need anything, let me know. How are you feeling? Good. And it's not that it's not terribly challenging. Yeah. Um, but it's also not like we don't. It's not super invasive either. We, I like we. I I do not care where you live. I don't care about like your. You know, like I. Like that, I think people think, I don't know, they get like the weird Bill Gates conspiracy thing in their head. And it's just like, I don't like, I don't, I just want to make sure that you're doing okay. And that you're staying put and not infecting anybody else. Like that's yeah. all I give a shit about. They think um, you're, you're harvesting so, this information to steal their identity or something for like a bot network. Yeah. And it's weird too. Cause it's like, you get a call from like an unknown number and you're thinking up oh, it's spam, but like, yeah. you know, if there's anybody listening and you get like a call from an, unknown number uh it might be worth picking up because it might be the health department and they'll leave a message and they'll usually text you um at least i try to do that so people know it's not spam yeah um but uh just get involved support contact tracers learn more about it um and i wanted to plug something from our local community bail fund Mm -hmm. um it's called the el pueblo fund uh just look up el pueblo fund chattanooga um 
and uh, it is a uh, it's started by uh, it's like an uh, it's organized by like different uh, like coalitions of unions, teachers, uh, Tennessee United, and Caleb are the groups. Um, but basically, the El Pueblo Fund helps uh, let uh, Latinx families in the community uh, pay for bills, pay for pay off medical bills, um, like food assistance, helps families stay quarantined during COVID nineteen. Um, and it's a great organization. So again, that's El Pueblo Fund. Um, and yeah, if, in, I mean, any money could help families, you know, stay quarantined and stay safe and keep good food in the house so they don't have to go out. Um, that is, uh, and like medical bills too, because those seriously pile up, um, unfortunately. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Do y'all have any questions or y'all, <laughs> y'all set? Yeah. Thanks no, for calling. I mean, me. Yeah, that was really that was really cool. I I hadn't heard of anybody doing this yet, so it's it's cool that you're doing it, and uh, it's very appreciated. Well, I definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, I used to work uh, I used to work as a lab tech, and I really didn't enjoy that. But like you guys, because um, like I had some douchebag managers, of course, and uh, that's when I learned about small business tyrants, and I was just like, <laughs> who are these? who are these angelic voices that are telling me about this? <laughs> yeah, and, and then I learned, and then I, I became it. And next thing you know, here I am. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. We appreciate, we appreciate it. Keep it uh fucking rocking in Appalachia. Hey, I will try my best. You too. And in, in, uh, Columbus, we'll try <laughs> to get that. We want to go there as soon as we can get back on the road. As soon as we have enough face shields and masks. Yep. That's it. That's what well, we're really waiting for. Well, you got some you, you got some fans in the south, so we'd love to see you. Appreciate All it. All right, have a good night. Peace. That was cool. I, I that was very cool. It's something I've read about a lot, and uh, I didn't really know. You know, it is a simple thing to do. You're just figuring out who's at risk of being infected with COVID. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, yeah, I think it would also. I mean, make it maybe more real to you not that you needed to maybe not yeah. even more real like it maybe it would like help you wrap your mind around yeah. it a little bit how more. serious yeah yeah or even just like maybe it'd make you feel better maybe maybe it'll help you to wrap your mind around like the scope of it or in a way that you're to unable to when you're just like sitting at home reading the news. Well, you like know? they said too, just being able to have somebody say like, "I need help," like I can't breathe right now. Like just have to somebody to have someone to check in to say like, uh, "I'm nine days into this thing and it's going south." You know? Yeah. Like that that that's a really valuable resource that not everybody has. Yep. All right. Next on the line. Hope you're doing fine. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Who's this? This is uh, David from Tucson, Arizona. I've called a couple times. So I'm a teacher. Oh, I'm going to take up? you off Bluetooth. Hold on one sec. Okay. Go for it. Probably Waller. sounds better this way. What? They're in, he's in his, they're in their Maybach. You use Bluetooth. <laughs> I use Bluetooth, too. Like, I, I uh, well, yeah. My shit goes out, yeah, though. Very furious about it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a serious guy. I've got important things to do, so I have to have, you know, my Bluetooth on. Multitasker. I wish you had one of those yeah. ear things that they used to have back in the day that, like, automatically showed that you should hate that person. Remember those things? Yeah. That's where we're at <laughs> yeah. now. What? I don't see how it's yeah. any different. Because they had the thing that went over, and it yeah. only went in one ear, the, and it looked silly. I think I hate the people that have AirPods, though. Like, I know to immediately hate somebody that... Why? Because they spent too much money on Bluetooth headphones. 
They were. Oh no no no! I have I have I have knockoff AirPods. I don't even have an Apple phone. I got mine for thirty bucks. They look exactly the same. But yeah, there's there's knockoffs out there that are good. Yeah, I almost bought a pair of black ones for thirty bucks just to have a second pair. But yeah, I bought AirPods. Yeah. I can't have like my daughter can't have better stuff than me. Okay. It's like a whole thing yeah. I have going on <laughs> in my house where it's like if she gets something that I think is better than something I have, then I gotta get, right. get it. I like the AirPods. I get they, that. they charge really fast, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, no, I like the whole the whole charging kit. It's uh, it's nice. But I, uh, I'm I'm sad to hear that if I ran to Brett, he would hate me automatically. <laughs> Don't hate me, Brett. I'm yeah. probably listening to Street Fight. Is what I'm doing. So like, you should not hate me. That's what I'm listening to in mine too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I don't, I don't listen to metal at all, but I'm really uh, enjoying the the metal cast so far. It's really, really? <laughs> yeah. It's how old are you? If you don't mind 32. me asking, thirty two, and you don't listen to any yeah. metal at all. I haven't, but your podcast kind of has made me want to get into it a little bit. I'm going to listen to some of the bands you guys are talking about with the doom metal episode. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. If you are an alt rock type indie, like. And, yeah. and stuff like, yeah, I mean, that music, that doom metal is, like, highly respected by okay. those types of, like, pitchfork types and, and people like that. Like, because I can't figure it out. I don't fucking know. I, I, yeah. I, I think the stuff I listen to is the most accessible and easy stuff to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think everybody thinks that about their music where like there, I remember when I was like really into garage rock, I was like, they could fucking play this on the radio right now and every single person would fucking like it. That is how it's pop music. It's so good. And it's like, no, that's not like true. People don't want to hear music that sounds like it was recorded in one room and played in the other room yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> right i get it uh what would you recommend if i'm starting my metal journey what's the band to start with metallica I have different ones I metallica. metallica really like master of puppets i think is how much black sabbath have you listened to in your life sabbath yeah uh i haven't listened to too much i, I, like, I, I only know like i think the only black sabbath i know are actually aussie songs like i think uh crazy train is, is that sabbath or an aussie song that's aussie yeah, I think I know mostly Aussies on. So I'll, maybe I'll look into Black Sabbath and see what see what they're all about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Master of Reality is a really good album to listen to all the way through. But uh, okay, yeah, most of that early stuff is pretty easy to listen to. Um, yeah, I mean, they're like the they're like the the beginning of it all. Um, there's, okay, there are other bands, but like that that's enough foot in the doorway and then from there everybody just made up their own thing yeah i think it, i nice. really like master of puppets is probably like the most metal metal like it's like one of, pantera is another one that's like very metal met but master of puppets is is a good choice because it's basically what a lot of it is you're right. saying metallica start right. with metallica what you think start with metallica i do i think i think master of puppets is like the most accessible I, easy album to listen to i guess yeah that's the choices is like whether are you into people playing as fast as possible true or are you into people like doing the slow well like black sabbath did heavy metal their heaviness was how slow and low it felt it felt like walking through molasses like right. that was the heaviness right. of i that. guess what we're not doing is asking what type of music do you like 
Uh, right now I'm getting, I, I kind of go through phases. Uh, like I just, I'm getting out of my, uh, I've been listening to a lot of run the jewels lately. That's been like my obsession. Okay. Uh, but I, I want to get into metal and I th- I like the, I think I'm going to like the faster stuff initially before I get to the slower stuff. Yeah. That's I mean, Metallica. Yeah. The, like when, if you listen to the first couple Metallicas the, and then like ride the lightning and master of puppets, um, if you never sat down and, and gave those things a full listen, like everybody that hears them, it just fucking blows their mind. There's nothing you can do but walk away like so overwhelmed and impressed right. by by that stuff. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. I'll try. I'll try it out then. Uh, that's not what I called about. I'm calling about job stuff. Um, but also, uh, you guys should definitely do the uh, 2000s comedy movies podcast because that'd be really, really. It's really, it'd be really fun to take an, a, a look back at uh, and how the, how much how they've aged in like just 10 or 15 years or whatever. I mean, so there's fast. shit from five years ago that would probably shock you at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. Like what we thought was funny back in yeah the uh uh early to that like like but i still don't think we even really thought it was funny right like it well, was them telling us well yeah and there was a lot of i think that and uh there's a podcast i listened to that started back in 2006 and uh they yeah. said that they had recently found some of their early episodes but they wouldn't release them and the reason why was that it was just too ironically racist yeah, like that, there was a yeah. lot of ironic racism, a lot of ironic homophobia. Um, that, like for me, being a young man in my twenties, when this stuff happened, there was this feeling of like I don't dislike people, so I can say fucked up shit about you know these other groups because I don't actually feel that way. And I think that carried right. on for a while. Well, let me let me ask you about like a particular movie because this one is like there's a lot to be offended by, but I I personally give it a pass because of their like the targets of the comedy weren't uh weren't they didn't have bad intentions, but there's plenty to be offended by. Uh, I, I thought Tropic Thunder. Have you guys seen Tropic Thunder? I've recently? seen it. I it's been like a very long. It's been such a long time. I mean, there are stuff there. I know the stuff you're talking about. I mean, the Robert Downey yeah. Jr. thing, I don't know how I feel about right now. Um, right. But I that's love that's, that's, that's primarily what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. But uh, in a way, it also does kind of predate woke culture and that it is a satirical version of somebody thinking that, like, they're going to do blackface to, to as like some powerful thing, which was right. re- really was the spirit of the time. Like the, there yeah. was a lot of uh, what's his name? A uh, fucking Sean Penn did that Sam I Am movie, you know? Right. That was just. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, you know, cishet actors that were were being other people, and so I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'd have to Tropic watch Thunders, it again to really good. know. I know it, it's still good. I mean, it was no, I, I don't love, think I, it's. <laughs> I'm not like preempt. I'm not like going back and canceling yeah. it. I'm just yeah. But I know there's stuff in it that I found to be very fucking funny. The Ben Stiller yeah. stuff, um, the Ben Ben Stiller stuff, just parody of action stars, I think is great. Like that's something that yeah, I, that's I really feel good. like we're totally missing the like parody of machismo in that like how good he, he, they were able to get that across in that movie. I thought the last time they really did that well was uh uh I thought the last time they really did that well was with like the Danny McBride stuff. 
they do a really good job of yeah. like uh the righteous gemstones eastbound and down oh, yeah. vice principles like i think those guys are like great and very funny oh yeah and like i, I mean like I, I listen to chapo too and they're like obsessed with um danny mcbride they, they think he's a genius so yeah they, those are really good shows though yeah i think he's a genius too i think he's like i think he does such a good job at like making fun of uh uh macho bullshit that yeah. like yeah uh, uh, proud like, ignorance. Yeah, proud ignorance. Like Eastbound and Down is, I think, really and like this way, dog. Yeah, uh, Observer Report is another one of those things that has some stuff in it that probably doesn't age well, but is like all in all a really fucking yeah, great it, funny movie. Like one of my favorite Observer comedies Report. ever. Yeah, because they really like, and I, I think it was kind of underappreciated at the time. Because I like looking back on it now, like. That guy, they nailed that guy, and he, they, they, that kind of guy exists, and there's a lot more of them than we thought. You know what yeah. I mean back then? Yeah, like yeah. we know now that like that, that, that's, that's like the alt right guys. Like that's the that's the that, that and we before there was an alt right, and they they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that movie is one of my favorite. I think that movie will always be funny. And uh, I remember seeing it in the theater and being like so fucking blown away by it because like yeah. It came out. What happened was it came out at exactly the same time as Paul Blart, Mall yes. Cop, oh. and people got him confused <laughs> so, yeah. and thought it was the same movie, and it yeah. was just like it's totally a different thing, you know? It, yeah. Very, very wild. I, I, uh, I dug that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, I should probably get into what I called about. What did I call about? Oh yeah, you guys were talking about like. Uh, working before you were like legally allowed to, like by 16 or whatever, or getting jobs before you turned 16. Yeah. Yeah. And my first job, uh, I got my first job when I was 14 and it was this weird workaround in Arizona. Uh, but I was a, I was a soccer referee for, uh, Oh yeah. I remember that. There yeah. are kids in my neighborhood that are soccer referees. Dude, there was, yeah, yeah there was, I, I remember being 14. I had a paper route. And there was kids that were going to be umping for the summer, like for, for baseball yeah. games. Yeah, I, uh, it was like, it was my first job. And like, I've had some, some shitty jobs since then, but like, it like scarred me for life. Like, uh, just dealing oh, with like, um, dealing with like, I don't know, like, like soccer parents, like that, I know that's a parody, but like they, they're real. Like, uh, you would spend, you would, I, I would spend all day like refing games or whatever. And during the course of the day, at least six dads and like four moms were like ejected from games throughout the day. Yeah. They get so tied insane. up in it. You're, you're dealing with their little babies and like, they, yeah. I, I remember, I, I absolutely remember seeing, um, I remember when I played baseball in a seventh grade, our coach got kicked out of the game for yelling at people playing soccer in the outfield. And he called it a bunch of fuck. He called it a kid's game. He said, get these fucking people playing this kid's game out of here. And the other team got offended because their parents were all soccer. Like they were all soccer parents too. And they got kicked out of the game, but he was an asshole. He threw a fit at these grown, at these fucking guys playing soccer in the outfield. And he was just went on a tirade against soccer. Called it a kid's game? Yeah. A friend of everybody. He was just like stomping on his hat, fucking mad about soccer. Those guys love to get that mad. They hate soccer. They hate, they do hate soccer yes uh well i don't think they hate it as much now because no, of cte yeah and like uh those guys are all like well, i'll probably have my son play soccer now 
you know uh like they learned a lesson or something (laughs) what i don't think they learn any lessons you don't think that they've learned (laughs) no i think that they're mad that everybody's shutting down the fun football well i feel like football is is uh uh I feel like football's still around. Like they're still playing it, but they it's shouldn't. Just, it's on the way out. Yeah, it is. We're, we're on I the agree. end of football. We're on the uh, end. So, did you get? Yeah. So you're 14 years old. Are you getting? You're getting screamed at by adults. Ugh. Oh, every game, every game, and like, and like, and it didn't matter whether like. And so I was 14, so I probably made some bad calls, but it didn't. That didn't matter. I could have made it perfectly. Like someone could have kicked it out of bounds. Uh, clearly, I would have said out of bounds. But if it was these particular parents' kids, I got yelled at. And it was like, like I, I rest like 6 through 12-year-olds. And so, like, I have these 6-year-olds that are playing this game and their parents are treating like it's the World Cup. Yeah. Like, it's insanity. Yeah. It, the, and it's like, I, they go so I just far. want to tell them they're 6. Working the rest. Also, like, I'm 30, like, I'm 30-something. If a 14-year-old is in front of me, it's like, and they're the ref, like, I'm at the mercy of a 14-year-old ref right now. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, not going yeah. to sway the outcome of this game with my anger. Yeah, they're working a yeah. ref that's 14, because yeah. they fucking know they can work that's that true. ref, too. That's true. They feel, you feel yeah. like you're in trouble for, for calling, yeah. you feel like you're in trouble for calling penalty, penalties on certain kids. It's like, you yeah. should be a person... You should be a person that can like handle like if you're an adult and there's a 14 year old that you're you're dealing with in some kind of uh, uh, in any kind of way, you should always default to like not yelling at them, you know? Yeah. Like there's just oh, yeah. Never. if it's a fourteen I know, they fucking there are so many people saw, that would rather yell at a fourteen year old. I watched some TikTok video of an of an adult punching a fucking teenager at a basketball game. Like recently yeah, just some not- parents that get super mad and into it and start a fucking brawl on the sidelines. I mean, why do they fucking why is it that bad? I I maybe it's a competitive league. Were you were you in a uh like a I don't know what they they call them traveling leagues here. Were you in like a competitive league? Nope, where nope. it was bog it was bog standard Pima County, like Correct. just our usual a usual season. They they weren't going anywhere. Like there there was no state a championship. It was just regular Correctly. game. Yeah, it's every rec. time. Yeah, just you sign up at the the rec center. They find enough yeah, kids to exactly. make teams to go against each other, and that's the season. That was my daughter's soccer. Yeah. Was like it was just like they their coach. My daughter's soccer coach had never played soccer in his entire life. Like he was just like yeah. we were like, who wants to be the coach? And I was like, oh. I'm too busy, even though I'm like not <laughs> too busy, but I said I was. <laughs> and then like uh we just some guy was like, fuck, I I mean, I guess I'll do it. Uh it has to get done. And then he yeah. took over and coached and he didn't no fucking idea yeah. how to play soccer. None. Yeah. And it, it's yeah. just like they're if they're not taking it, like you can't when when a kid is six and it's playing a sport. You you can't take that seriously. You gotta not. You just that's there's yeah. gonna be some stuff that you just kind of roll with it. They're just, just running in a field together. Yeah, that it all it really is is 
Kids are hanging out running in a field together. And some of them will find out they have like that killer instinct for the sport. Yes. Like the that's what they all that's what they all think. They all think like the, so the goal of the soccer is to get them socializing, which they have accomplished by the time they're playing games. Like this is what the goal should be. Yeah. But they all think that they're gonna raise the next I, I don't David Beckham. I, they all think that oh this this my I knew at six years old he was going to 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 play for whoever. Yeah, I I believe that too because I watched people losing it. Like okay, so the league my daughter was in, her team was very much like who care? You know what I mean? They were just there to hang out and get snacks. Yeah, it was a fun team. You know yeah. what I mean? They just wanted to get snacks and shit. Guaranteed juice. But when the other teams came in from the suburb suburbs, right? Like out there, Hilliard, right. for instance, those parents really did. First of all, the wildest thing I ever saw was when those parents came in and one of them had a chair, like one of those fold out chairs and it had a bubble around it. And they were sitting mm-hmm. like in a fold out <laughs> chair with like four bubble. walls on it. There were four walls on it. It was a chair <laughs> that you folded out like and it three- had four walls like around it so you didn't have to get hit by the wind or anything. It was just like a was total- it viewing window. Yeah, it was clear. It was like a clear oh. window and you just sat in a classic box. Yeah, which is weird. But they did they did scream at the they screamed at the kids yeah. more. And I would see them getting going around they would walk around the field to the coach. Like Get I in their ear. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. just like kids sports is nuts. I know. I'm not invested enough, and I don't think my child is a miracle the way that other people think that their kid is like the next. <laughs> You're just lucky you never set it up. You're just yeah. a lucky dude that your daughter was into dancing and stuff like that. It's not. It's low. St- I wanted to play sports. I would be love her to play sports, but it's not. I'm not going to force the issue. And also, like, part of playing sports is you have to work with the refs that you're given. Like, you can't always have your mom and dad there changing the rules for you. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. daughter my daughter played baseball or, or softball, and it was, like, whatever. She didn't really dig it. But, yeah, in soccer, I did notice that the refs get get worked. They actually uh, had an adult ref in, in our league. But every once in a while, they'd have kids. And I would see the parents, like, talking shit about those fucking kid like i'd be sitting on the sidelines and I'd be like this fucking kid doesn't know what he's doing. you know what i mean like yeah. doesn't really- <laughs> it's like fuck. yeah that yeah that does that, that happened a lot it was just like it, it was just, and it's funny to, it was especially like just kind of like insane during like i said the six-year-old games even then were like like just like I, it, it got to the point where i got yelled at so much that like when i was that age i would fantasize about seeing these parents again when i was like older and like years later and like asked them oh hey remember me i ref your game how's timmy doing he must be in like a, a soccer scholarship right now huh you took that game so seriously i mean he must be a superstar by now right like and I, I, that was like my fantasy oh, I, my, like, 14, up, just, my fantasy revenge when i was 14 years old i, I wouldn't remember any of them now obviously and i wouldn't do that because i was it was no. a long, long time ago, but yeah, it was it was bad. No, that's no. When you start plotting revenge on people, it makes sense though. Like to be like, yeah, remember yeah. when you got in my face? Did did he end up yeah. getting that scholarship? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he is he is he at the World Cup now? Like you thought he was going to be? No, oh, that's weird. 
right, bye. No, he works at the grocery store now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bagger at the grocery yeah. store. They're thinking about firing him because he's not like, <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. I I I I uh I love this. I I love it. It's tough, man. That's Yeah, that, like, I mean, that's I just That's a job where they're like you get paid 675 for a cup for all day to do these games on the weekend. Only a kid can like make it work. What was and the it, money? What was the the pay the pay was actually so this is like f- uh, 16 years yeah, 16 years ago. No. I can't do that. Sixteen years ago, so it was actually pretty good. It was like ten bucks a game, so it was like ten bucks for every forty-five minutes. Oh. But um, the problem was that you couldn't. It was kind of a waste of a day because you could only do like a forty-five-minute game, and then you had to wait another forty-five minutes while other games were going on, and then you could sign for the next one. So it was like forty-five minutes on, forty-five minutes off, but you're not going anywhere. So you're making yeah, like you're, twenty so bucks a day, to, and there's no phone to look at. Yeah, no, there was no phone. No, you're just kind of getting trying to avoid getting like sunburnt. Yeah. And watching like the worst soccer ever played. <laughs> That's a, look, I mean, yeah, look, looking looking out for the parents. I'd have to avoid later. Yeah, yeah. When Gwen when Gwen played, it was like I was so glad we had phones because like kids soccer yeah. is tough. That is oh, a tough. Yeah. That is a tall order. They have no idea how. I mean, you know, I don't know how parents did it before phones. Really, I guess they just yeah. stood on the sideline and talked to each other. And yeah, you just talk. Yeah, you just gossip. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. Yep. That's very yep. funny. Uh, no problem. Great call. Can I plug? Can I plug? Can I plug something real fast? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, I have a podcast too. Uh, I know everyone has a podcast these days. Uh, my podcast is called uh, "Guys Were Screwed." It's three me and my two buddies. And we talk about the apocalypse and kind of from a leftist perspective and all the different ways the world could end. Uh, there's a Twitter account. There's also my personal Twitter. If you want to follow, it's Green Left Arrow. All right. Well, that sounds yeah. great. I love the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's lots of different ways. We, we're about to re- release a two-parter on uh, QAnon, so that's, that was pretty exciting to do. But yeah, cool. just take a listen if you guys want, if you guys are interested. All right, yeah, thanks I'm for calling. Pro-pocalypse here. Yeah, yeah, we're right. we're 100% pro the apocalypse on Street Fight Radio. Yeah, that would be fun. It would be great just if it actually happened. Let's do one more, and then we'll... Okay, then let's just hit a break, then. Do you want to do a break? Yeah, let's take a fucking break, my dude. All right. It's break time. This week, we have the band Dreadnought. They are out of Denver, Colorado. It's spelled D-R-E-A-D-N-O-U-G-H-T. You can find them at dreadnoughtdenver.bandcamp.com. This is from their newest album, uh, Emergence. And uh, it's dope shit, so give it a listen.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. I hope you enjoyed the music that was brought to you by Dreadnought. If you're in a band and you listen to Street Fight Radio and you want your music to be heard, it's very easy to do that. Send us a DM on Twitter, send us an Instagram message, uh, email us streetfightradio at gmail.com. Any of those will work. Uh, thank you, Dreadnought. I love that. It's a really good album and I, and I hope you get some, some more buys and listens and all that stuff. Please. Send Dreadnought some love. Uh, D-R-E-A-D-N-O-U-G-H-T. Dreadnoughtdenver.bandcamp.com for that good stuff that you just heard. Uh, it's Sunday. We're doing the call-in show. Uh, we got a couple to go. The queue isn't too full. Uh, it's racing Sunday. I watched Formula One earlier today. It was a really good fucking race. At the end of it, Lewis Hamilton came through on three tires. Wait, Formula One was on today, too? Yeah, early in the morning, nine in the morning. Oh, okay. And then I threw a NASCAR party. Everybody came over. I made Runza, and I came so close to winning money on DraftKings. I had I had fucking Kozlowski, Truex, Bowyer, Stenhouse, Bubba Wallace, but I made the mistake of Kyle Busch, who was like the only guy that didn't make it through this race. I knew his name. I know his name. I probably would have picked him. Yeah. I'm well, big on picking guys whose names I know. Kyle Bush Kyle Bush uh fin- finishes a, a little higher than his relative Kurt Bush, which is the Monster Energy car. Oh, which so is that's like who the I would coolest pick. fucking car. Hell yeah. It just he doesn't make it into that 10. He doesn't make it in that top 10. Yeah. For I me. just I just turned basketball on just to see what it looks like. Yes. It looks very weird. I saw the 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 sidelines. Everyone's going nuts. Like the teams are just like trying to add as much excitement as they can. And it's like Zoom people yeah. in the audience. Is yeah. that what it is? Is that it? It's what it looks like to me. It's like there's a bunch. There's there's like you can. It looks like an audience, but it's people's heads. It's uh very strange. I mean, it's so weird doing the uh, they, that. All the sports came back, and you're like. The ways that they're like working around it is is very weird. Yeah, the NBA is is odd because uh, they're playing in a much smaller place yes. than you would expect, and there isn't a lot of stands. It's just the basketball is happening. Yeah, that is what's weird about it is that like they're put like it looks so small. It like I was thinking about this like what you know at the end of the year they're gonna do. Those they're gonna do that thing where they show things that happened this year on like New Year's Eve or top ten stuff. Yes. And I was even talking about this to Katie. I was like, what's gonna like win Oscars this year? What are the Oscars gonna be? There's yeah, no that's tough. yeah. Invisible Man is gonna sweep. Sonic the Hedgehog. Trolls World tour definitely should get like best picture bill and ted comes out september 1st okay on demand but these aren't smart enough to like win i oscars. know i don't know what they're gonna do for the oscars i don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna do that and it's just like a really strange it's like weird to think about like you know i i mean my, i guess the thing i'm picturing that they're gonna do is uh, uh they're gonna show like empty stadiums and 
empty movie theaters like it'll be that thing where like 2020 the world was different and then like you know it'll be an empty movie theater an empty stadium an empty concert hall and then it'll be like uh but we're gonna come back you know in 2021 it's gonna happen we're gonna come back you know don't they always sandbag the oscar movies anyways i feel like october and november there's like 12 movies that i immediately have to see because they're so important that's true. They, I mean, but who knows if they're going to come out? It's so weird that they're not putting movies out like that. Like King of Staten Island, that'll win, right? I watched that. Yeah, I actually watched that. It's like I'm so starved that I'm just watching things that I wouldn't even normally watch. Where I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I How mean, new is that? King of Staten Island. It's new, so I'll watch that. It's actually pretty good. I enjoyed that one. Has okay. Bill Burr in it? Yeah, big fan. Plays the uh, plays plays a uh, grumpy dad guy. He's perfect. Yeah, he is. He's great in it. He's he's actually really good in it. So he was my grumpy dad. You do. I mean, no, I think he seems like he would be just as yelly as your grumpy dad. Maybe he's funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Provides a little more levity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm getting screamed at, I would hope it would be funny. Yeah, yeah. And I hate getting screamed at, and it's just screaming. Just yeah. Yeah. Deflating. Yeah. All right. Let's get these calls. We got a couple to go. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? We got. Hey, what's up, Street Fight? This is Jonathan in LA. What's up, Jonathan? How's it going? Good. Good. You know. You know. I listened. I did listen to your new metal show. Okay. And I got. I got. I got to tell you, you because you were talking about this on the metal show. I'm a metallurgist. And I did, I did some calculations for you guys. And I calculated that a hundred million tons of steel uh-huh. is going to be a cube 224 meters on a side. Okay. So, okay. What, what kind of volume are we talking about that? What did you say? How many meters? 224 meters. Two, 224 meters on a side for a cube. Okay. So the total volume in meters cubed is just that number cubed. Okay. How wow. many? Are you uh, so you're calling from across the pond or something? I don't know where you're talking about meters for. No, he's calling from LA. We, we do feet here. Oh, I'm, I'll look it up. <laughs> Seven thirty-four. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a scientist. That's, ah. that's, sorry, those are the units that I use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a meter is three point. A meter is three point one four feet. So two hundred twenty-four meters. We're talking about a cube that is seven hundred and thirty-four feet on each side. Okay. Pretty okay. Big. That's a big 220, 224. That's a oh, yeah. huge no, cube yeah, of yeah, steel, yeah, right. which yeah. is very heavy. It's a hundred million everything. tons of yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for a fact, it wouldn't even to be, re- be able to retain its cube shape because the stress at the base of the cube would be so great that it would begin to pool out. Okay. That's heavy. That sounds That's heavy, heavy dog. So, so heavy. Yeah. That, that is, is heavy. heavy. We chose the heaviest metal we could find. Yeah. Steel. Well, 100 million tons of anything weighs 100 million tons. Yeah. But steel is metal. Yeah. So we, we chose what we feel to be the heaviest metal, even though it's probably something else, actually. What's the heaviest metal? Lead. So I don't recall off the top of my head, if you had a table of properties from a chemistry textbook, you could look it up. Oh. It might be something like tungsten's pretty dense right you're talking about density 
So what you're asking is what's the densest metal? As soon as you start typing what is the heaviest into Google, they just finish it with metal. Yeah. And after that, it's dog. (laughs) (laughs) What's the heaviest dog after metal? That is like basically what the internet is for. Osmium is the heaviest metal on Earth. Twice as much as lead per teaspoon. Yeah, that that's that's one that's actually very rare. They say that all of the osmium on the planet would probably comprise like a sphere of like maybe like one meter in diameter. I'm getting oh, an that's osmium necklace. Really rare. You I'm getting an, an osmium necklace. That's osmium what I mean. Street fight. Yeah, that's all I want is an <laughs> osmium necklace now. Oh, uh, when Birdman finds out, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, he'll get it. Birdman will get it. Um. So what's up? So. I, 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 w- I wanted to, t- I wanted to tell this story and this story kind of ties into a lot of, a lot of kind of current events, like what's been going on in Portland. Okay. With respect to the, the federal agents that are kind of flooding that town mm-hmm. in order to do, I don't, I don't know what, su- suppress all the action there. Okay. And so, uh, so, so this is kind of, I think going to be kind of an, maybe kind of an old man story. So hey, if men. it ever gets to be like that, just just stop me. Okay. We're both old men, so. But, <laughs> but the, the, this is a story that took place in Madison, Wisconsin, back when myself and a bunch of other anti-war folks, this is back in like 2004, mm-hmm. when we led an occupation of Senator Herb Cole's office. Okay. And I don't know if you know anything about Senator Herb Cole, but he was a Democratic senator from the state of Wisconsin at the time. I don't like herbs. And, and for, sorry? I don't like herbs. I do. <laughs> Weed. For, for a fact, he was the richest person in the Senate at the time. Okay, okay. Well, The richest he- man in the Senate, and he had voted for the war. And this gets back to what Brett was talking about earlier where you should be allowed to confront your elected representatives face-to-face, Senator Cole had this situation set up where you could come and meet him and have coffee with him. It was a regularly scheduled thing in Washington, D.C. Okay. So we, as his constituents, had no ability to actually talk to him. So we decided we were going to occupy his office. While he was in D.C.? Why yes. Was, okay. And well, we were gonna we were gonna get him on the phone. It actually turns out that's what actually happened. Cool. So we we kind of just just start out marching along, waving anti-war signs. This was like a common sight back then. Nothing remarkable. And then as soon as we're passing by the office, everyone who was down for the action just hangs a left and rushes the place. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So the office is empty one second, and then two seconds later, it's full of a bunch of punks. Yeah, now there's an issue. And happening. they're making noise and going on about how they want to talk to Senator Herb Cole. Yeah. And so we're just kind of hanging out doing whatever while his 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 staff comes to terms with their new reality, figuring that like some kind of authorities would show up eventually. We didn't know exactly who. And when the cops came, it was one guy. <laughs> just dressed like kind of like a normal like a like a normal sheriff or like white shirt cop kind of guy. Okay. The fancy clothes. But all of the patches on his shirt said ice. 
All right, that makes sense. So, yeah, so this is the situation, is that the Department of Homeland Security was new back then. And it was just a federal agency. It didn't have any kind of like people working for it. So they just moved ICE from wherever it resided originally. They moved it under the direction of Homeland Security. Same way with, uh, with like the Border Patrol and like the TSA. All that stuff just gets moved under the umbrella of the DSA. The DHS. So we if it was under the DSA, things would yeah, be sorry, a lot no, better. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, DHS. Yeah, DHS. So it was apparent, like right from the start, that our action was being monitored by the DHS through this schlub that they had just picked out to come and keep an eye on us. I, f- I forget what the guy's name was. He was just officer, officer, whatever. Terry. Terry, Officer Terry. And so Officer Terry, right, he's just some schlub who's been ordered to come and keep an eye on us. He doesn't know what to do. And so the first thing he does is he passes around like a clipboard with a piece of paper on it. And he's like, okay, we want everyone to uh, put their names down on this piece of paper. And it's for uh, safety. Roll call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. And so everyone's kind of like, well, we're not going to put our actual names down on a piece of paper and hand it over to somebody from the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. So, right. So everyone starts putting down, starts putting down fake names. And so the name I put down, I actually remember this. It was the name of the author of a book I was reading at the time. I put down the name of an English mathematician who was called Augustus Love. <laughs> yeah. So I, I put this name down because it was the first thing that came to mind. I had the book there with me. So t- time goes on, and eventually it got to the point where they were able to get uh, Senator Cole on the phone, right? His staff kind of acquiesced to kind of getting him on the phone. There must have been some kind of negotiation back and forth with Washington. And so he comes on the phone and starts going on about, oh, how he was misled by the Republicans and all this and that. And we knew all that was bullshit. So we started booing just the whole crowd, just boo, you suck. You're fucking stupid. So we actually had this opportunity to, to, to yell at our senator because he helped to start that war. Yeah, that's uh, satisfying. It, it, it is satisfying, but so af- after that point, it's kind of like, you know, his staff were like, oh, how could you disrespect the senator and his, his office by what you're doing, right? They're trying to make us feel guilty about this or something? Yeah. <laughs> and somebody, somebody from the back of the room just yells out at that point, hey, yeah, being occupied sucks, doesn't it? the entire country of iraq is under a brutal military occupation there were people dying every day back when this was all going on yeah so so we, we got to yell at the guy and then we were in this position where we decide what we had to do next are we going to continue to occupy the space or are we going to leave so we were having a meeting about it and there was uh there was a young woman who was keeping the speakers list 
right? So that people get on the speaker's list and say what they want to say. And so we're having our meeting and then Officer Dumbfuck barges in and starts reading off this long list of rules that we're supposed to follow if we're going to be staying there. Yeah, okay. And so this this young woman who had the list, she kind of just speaks speaks up and says, excuse me, you're not on the speaker's list. (laughs) 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 This guy was pissed. (laughs) He's barging into our meeting trying to cut on our speaker's list. No way. And so everybody starts jeering him again. You suck, boo, whatever. And so we, we, we let this guy, uh, we let this guy, you know, kind of, we're like, we're going to take your list and we're going to look at it and we'll get back to you on it. That. And so, uh, there, there's kind of not a lot more to the story. It got to be the next day. We did end up spending the night there. And the okay. next day, it was basically, this is when the, this is when the Madison police came in and they're used to kind of dealing with like civil disobedience type stuff up there. Okay. So they're just like, look, everybody's leaving this place. It's going to be that way. If you want to leave of your own accord, do that. If you want to be arrested, we'll do that. Right. It's like they're just giving you the option. Right, right. Here's the here's the ways to leave this today. Here's here's the situation. Right. Yeah, you can leave. You can either take the. It's get like the I'm gonna get here. you, sucker. Augustus Love you, you can, can walk, walk out of this door, or else we're gonna book you with your Christian name. <laughs> right, right. So we kind of had a meeting, and it got pretty contentious, and there was kind of this scuffle with Officer Dipshit who tried to come in the back door. And so Again? we just took that as kind of the opportunity to kind of like cut the thing off. Cause I mean, we were just a bunch of kids. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We didn't have a plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And getting arrested. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be your goal to get arrested. No. You know, change is the goal. You would, you would, you would want to not right. get arrested. That's, that's the goal. And so, and so it ended up kind of anticlimactic, but. The thing you got to kind of the broader point that I want to make about this is that Homeland Security has been using Border Patrol, ICE, et cetera, as a goon squad since back in the day. So when it started happening up in Portland, I'm like, well, this doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. And furthermore, right, these forces that were put in place to be domestic information gathering right maybe one day they're tracking immigrants maybe the next day they're tracking anarchists anarchists you know no i think they're definitely going to be tracking anarchists yeah these institutions they survived the obama administration eight years and obama couldn't dismantle any of the national security state that the republicans had built and then it's time for him to leave office and he just gives the keys to trump Yep. Yeah. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so now, right? So think of it this way. For every cop that's out on the street of Portland swinging a stick or shooting people with tear gas, there are multiple cops sitting in front of computers providing support services and tracking people because tracking people is what this agency does. So I'm kind of wonder if maybe one day I'm going to get picked up in an unmarked van. And in that van will be a bunch of Department of Homeland Security officers 
to ask me, are you Augustus Love? (laughs) (laughs) We know you. We have a file on you back in DHS, Augustus Love. Yeah. We got a whole thing. It's going to be like that old, like that old tater salad joke. Yeah. (laughs) It's just going to come back to me one day. Who knows? Yeah. Well, that's great, man. But I mean, I, I love that story. It's a good story. Uh, also, uh, you know, like trying to make sense of what they're doing now and, and, you know, connecting the dots that like they still are just so inept and just don't know what they're doing and people are just paid to show up and monitor this shit you know uh and and i think that that i feel the tactics have evolved in since you know 2004 and uh we're at a, a very different place and 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 Really, the important part is to have something to do besides get arrested. Yeah, so to have like to, to have a plan. Like right. there, there are it is happening more effectively. And defund the police was a, was a very popular campaign over the summer so far. But it is important to just have something to go after instead of just getting abused by the fucking police and paying bail bonds people. Yeah, that that is always. It seems like there's a certain groups of people who think that the goal is to get arrested and that's you're like, like a macho man yeah man like that's just a, a really stupid idea yeah i agree I mean, you I get don't cred. Get i mean yeah i mean i you know uh, uh uh matt that got arrested in memphis tennessee you know like i appreciate the struggle but he got pushed to that point it wasn't a matter of like choosing to get arrested for no good goddamn reason no 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 Brown he, and taylor they're uh, opening an investigation now that's what he was down there for yeah you know yeah 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 I, no i i i absolutely agree but i just want to say that you know once again i i, I i'm an old person i've, I've been kind of doing this stuff a long time but it's kind of like you know even if even if the, uh, the, the, the protest or the action, the direct action that you choose, that you choose to do doesn't kind of work out in the moment. You still gotta remember that connecting with those people in the moment and, you know, kind of, kind of building those kinds of bonds are actually what persists. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you got to know that getting in trouble isn't real. I mean, you know, you can cross the line and they'll put you in jail for a very long time. But at the same time, if if it's a mass action, if there's hundreds of people, you know, if there's if there's a couple hundred people that do an action, they can't book you like your individual criminals or anything like that. Like there is, you know, there's a lot of. uh annoyance and bureaucracy that comes with it but we've also moved in a direction where there's bail funds and there's ways to alleviate a lot of that stuff and and so if you're the type that doesn't mind getting arrested on a political action like you can do it all the time like it's like it's just it's it's uh it's not that bad if once you get comfortable with it yeah absolutely like to be the, even you know be on the wrong side of the police like the wrong side being like to be against the police for the first time you know we have a definitely like a a culture that raises us up you know uh venerating the police and like to the first time that you're just like they're wrong and i'm standing against it it 
it, it changes you. It's an important, you like, you have to make that first step into it. And then from there, it just becomes way more easier to navigate once you get over that initial, uh, apprehension of, of, uh, you know, what exactly you're going to do to help out. Absolutely. All right. So, so, so I'm going to go. That's the story right. of how I called or call a dumb fuck. Oh, you love, uh, I love it. Thank, thank you, you for old man. <laughs> thank you, old right. man, for calling. Good night. Yeah. Metallurgist. Good call. I'm going to, I'm going to write that number down. That was a good call. Yeah. You know, what's funny talking about old man stuff is, uh, through watching Formula One, I've started listening to moto sports and auto sports podcasts. And a lot of times they're like, uh, British men in their forties to fifties. And I don't know what they're saying. And it all comes off incredibly boring. Yeah. And I have to understand that that's a part of what we do too. Yeah. Is that like, they're like, you don't remember pishy poshy's tree house. Oh, I guess you're a bit older for that then. Like they're talking to 20 year olds about like old cartoon shows they watch that nobody knows about, or they'll make a reference to things and they do all this banter and they're having a good time just saying like, you know, I mean, you're not any prettier than a dog's arse. You're just saying dumb shit. And yeah, who would like this? But British people. Yeah. Yeah. Old men, other old men want to hear this. Yeah. When uh, Tom, on the Trillbillies talks about the Dairy Queen guys. Like that is definitely like a hardcore crew of just banter. People that can talk for three hours that is not interesting or beneficial and <laughs> add does nothing. Just blow <laughs> Just spreading words. When uh when Jake was here uh for the variety show, we went to White Castle and there was a council of men, seven of them that just hang out at White Castle all day long and talk about, you know, the, the neighborhood problems and issues and politics. And they're just like holding court. It's like a salon. Yes. And, yeah. uh, but it's a White Castle, which but is a White more Castle depressing. Or a Dairy Queen. Yeah. McDonald's breakfast also used to be a pot spot for that. I, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I am slipping into like, you know what? I'm going to talk about like uh fucking Ren and Stimpy or uh dino saucers or <laughs> mash or like any old stuff i'm just gonna just wade right into it and anyone that doesn't know they can just think yeah. i'm an old fuddy-duddy and write me off yeah yeah you if, if he brings if brett brings up dino saucers then you just fast forward 15 yeah, just seconds go ahead. yeah i didn't watch dino saucers Fucking too late dino for me. Saucers, yeah dude it was too so late. good fuck I, yeah then nostalgia never gets it right thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight Hey, is it me? Yeah. You would know. Hey, uh, my name is Kyan. I've called in once before, like probably like three, four months ago. Yeah, you're uh, 7-4. Pronounce. You have a, you have yeah, a, yeah, y'all know. Great, yeah. great uh, chili recipe, too. Fest. I've interacted with y'all a couple times. Uh, but no, I called in. I told the I told the story about the person who got mangled at the salt yard in Columbus last time I got called in. Um but I was just calling in because I uh, I heard Brian talk about on the thing in the Q and A episode, I believe, talking about moving to Milwaukee. And I am an Ohio to Milwaukee transplant now. And uh, Brian, it's it's a good place to move to. I'm going to be honest. I like it there. You're, you're I, from Milwaukee? No, from Ohio. No, Milwaukee. no, I'm I, I'm from I'm from. Uh, do y'all know Ostrander? You moved? Yeah, I didn't know you moved. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I moved up. I live up in Milwaukee now. Oh, you're supposed to check in with the Street Fight community before you leave. It's blood in, blood out. <laughs> yeah, so I moved up. I moved up. I was. I lived in uh, Ostrander slash Delaware for a long time, and then I moved up to Kent, Ohio, and now I live up in Milwaukee. But Brian, you mentioned moving up here, and uh, it's a good place. It's a good place to live. I like it up here a lot. So I like that, that city quite a bit. Then. Yeah, it's a great. It's a yeah, great. I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Mm. Oh no, y'all go ahead. Sorry, I was like, well, I was gonna say. I mean, we talked when we talked about with the Q and A. One thing I forgot to mention was that like the vegan food up there is so on point. Where like Brian could get like a fucking open face sandwich with three quarter pounds of beef on top of it, and then they would have like a (laughs) vegan version right next to it. Like they were, they were really. It feels like it kind of the charm of like. Milwaukee is that it's just that Midwestern place and it felt like a mom whose child was like, Oh, I'm vegetarian now. And they're like, well, I'm going to still make you like a, a, a fucking mincemeat pie. Like I'm you're still going to eat sloppy well, Joe's. <laughs> everybody who I've met, who, uh, who I've talked about Milwaukee to here, I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's like a less depressing version of Ohio because it's not really in the rust belt the same way that any of the cities that I've ever lived in are. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the so lakes there. Have Nature the same is kind of just... sense of like desperation. Yeah, there's a lake there. There's trees everywhere. It's a very lush place, and the neighborhoods are yeah. so fucking cool. I I the really like it is, there. It's it's, re- it's really deeply segregated. Here is the bad thing. Most places. I mean, it is I here too. Columbus is too. Yeah, well, it well because Columbus is more so gentrified, from what I recall. Like, uh, you know, I used to work down at Salt Yard, which is near Morse Road. And that's like really the only like truly like segregated area. The rest of it is just being like really, really deeply gentrified. Whereas here, there's not as much gentrification, but there's a lot of segregation, which is kind of like pick your poison in terms of racism, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I mean, every city is segregated. Yeah. You find out, I mean, yeah, through, through oh, redlining and the history of it. I mean, there's a wrong side of the tracks in Columbus for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But no. Yeah. So that was that was one of the reasons I wanted to call because I wanted to say, Brian, uh, if you ever if you ever did get the urge to move to Milwaukee, I really like it here, and I'm an Ohio transplant as well. So, you know, it's it's very welcoming to us here. Although you do have to deal with a decent amount of Ohio slander. That's people fine. talk shit about Ohio there. Well, I mean, they do everywhere, really. Yeah, they do. It, once you're out of Ohio, you realize how much people talk shit about Ohio, which is wild because I always grew up with everybody kind of talking shit about it but they were all from it so it was like lovingly talking shit yeah you're allowed you're we're allowed to say it Mm. but yeah like when people here say that they hate ohio i'm like hey you don't get to say that yeah hey Uh, you can't (laughs) hate it you're not even there exactly what's the dicks but the other thing i was going to call in was uh i was going to talk to because brett one time i think it was about a month ago you said something about new metal sucking because you've listened to a lot of uh old like older metal recently yes I, I, and uh, I, I was I was going to push back really hard on that. Okay, go for it. Go uh, off. Because I think new metal is an infinitely more interesting genre than any other form of heavy metal. Oh. Because it draws significantly more influence from funk and hip hop, which I think are like the predominant genres of this generation uh, in terms of influence. And I think that it actually holds more relevance than it maybe even did at the time. And I also think that you know, there's a there's a certain amount of femininity in uh, like as as a woman like calling in. Um, 
there's a certain amount of femininity in most new metal Limp Bizkit notwithstanding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're the wrong one. Present. <laughs> yeah, that is not present in any sort of classical metal, and I think that it, it was one of the genres. I mean, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, the two bands, like, all of my friends listened to new metal and stuff, but, like, the two bands that, like, were not cool to listen to were Limp Bizkit and Korn, which are, like, the biggest ones. Yeah. Because they were too emotional. Well, and I don't think that that's like a thing that really exists in like most metal, um, where people can be as vulnerable as they're able to be in new metal. You know what? I, th- I think you have some great points there. I absolutely agree. Um, when I, when I saw Korn a couple years back, uh, I was impressed that there was a huge diversity in the crowd. And people that were like openly weeping to the songs. And I came to understood yeah. how closely uh, Jonathan Davis had struck a nerve for like so many people. So I, I abs- especially, I agree. Oh, go ahead. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, cause I know, uh, cause I know Brian does the POD cast and then, uh, me and my friend do a, a different new metal podcast, uh, called Corn Fed, which we call the new metal podcast for girls. Um, and, hey, uh, hey, girls can listen to my, my new, uh, to the POD cast. <laughs> Jeez. We do. We do. Don't worry. We listen to it too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously, but we've talked about that like a decent amount of times about how it's a much more like emotionally vulnerable genre than a lot of heavier music is, sure. um, which I think kind of adds like a certain complexity to it. And a lot of it, we talked about, uh, hybrid theory. For our first episode and we talked about how you know it was a uh, it was kind of like maligned amongst my friend group as being too kind of vulnerable and it had this kind of even though it's obviously by a bunch of dudes it has this kind of femininity to it of being like talked over and being kind of ignored and stuff like that um specifically i mean like one step closer has to like shut up when i'm talking to you which is like i think the anthem of every single woman who's ever lived <laughs> yeah i mean i made fun of that <laughs> album too you know, like I, I, I didn't yeah. like, I, I, th- I maybe thought Lincoln Park was too vulnerable at the time too, but it's really funny that I thought that cause corn is, I mean, you don't get much yeah. more vulnerable than, than like corn. The guy cries on yeah, I mean, the like, first four yeah, albums like Daddy or, you know, like a, a bunch of different songs. He's, he's a very vulnerable man. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I remember I mean, like, even like, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. No. No, you, you go ahead. Well, I, w- I wanted to this say... Is, this is Ohio Interaction. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I do remember Lincoln Park when that came in. It did seem like it was a later wave of things that, like, I was against. But I have turned the... I have definitely turned the tide. And uh, I, I do enjoy Lincoln Park. And I fucking love the, the hybrid theory, the one they did with Jay-Z. I still oh. listen to that oh, when I yeah. run. If I run or lift weights, like, definitely some hybrid theory is coming on. But to clarify oh, yeah. my opinion on new Metal, it's simply that <laughs> I understand why it sucks. Because I have listened <laughs> to all of the stuff that led up to it. And I enjoy solos and I enjoy musicality. And there are the themes that I like, the themes that I like don't have vulnerability and all the metal leading up to that. I can see how you would feel betrayed, how this feels completely alien when they got rid of all of the solos and they just started doing drop D and it became all of these things where you just felt weak or like, 
uh, vulnerable. So I, I do not think that new metal sucks. I enjoy it. I just can't understand how a bunch of people in 1995 were like, Oh my God, new metal fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like this new shit sucks ass. I read, um, I read an article recently about, uh, life of agony and they were talking about how corn ruined life of agony's career. Oh, they toured with them. Yeah. yeah I went to that show. I actually was, I saw corn with life of agony. <laughs> Yeah, which I, I mean, I love Life Agony. Like, as a trans woman, like, you know, Mina, she is, like, one of the greatest vocalists ever and did so much, you know, like, in terms of, like, kind of, like, uh, kind of aggressive woman, uh, trans woman, like, representation. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Uh, I, I think it was. I didn't even know it was a yeah, trans she, woman in Life of Agony. Yeah, I was. She came, well, Cause she, she came out significantly after. Life of Agony was the thing because they were early '90s, and I think she came out in 2011. Yeah, and when when they toured with Corn, when I saw them with Corn, I thought Whitfield Crane was their lead singer from Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah, you are correct because she actually left the band after I think after they recorded Ugly, she left Life of Agony and did a solo career, and they were they recruited him instead, and it's like. It doesn't match their music at all to have no. them kind of singing these like deeply personal songs. That's <laughs> um, a weird choice that yeah. they picked him. But yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, Life of Agony has some heavy hitters in there. He was, oh, in, yeah, because they could have been, they could have been huge. Yeah, they got Sal Abruscato, who is in Typo Negative, which is you know my mm-hmm. favorite band ever. Now, well, that's because you're an evil dude. I am very evil now. I didn't know he was in typo <laughs> neg. They had uh, man. I should check out Life of Agony. I didn't know they had so yeah, many. They were such a uh, influential band. Yeah, no, uh, definitely listen to River Runs Red is kind of their most famous album, I think, and everybody kind of agrees that it's their best. Yeah, and I think I think you would like it a lot, Brian. Yeah. Um, how did corn uh, ruin him though? What what was that part? But sorry, what? I mean, what what did they say about corn now? Oh oh, um, so basically, what the article that I read was saying was that um, Life of Agony was kind of positioned to be the next big metal band, and then corn came around and completely changed the sound of metal to the point where they became obsolete. Yeah, because I mean they that, were still kind of clinging to like that like early '90s like hardcore metal sound. Yeah, that does make sense because I remember hating Life of Agony when I saw them opening for Corn. <laughs> I don't remember who all was playing, but I remember like I was kind of excited, but they sounded, you know, they they didn't sound like the kind of stuff I was into, which at the time was really only Corn. I didn't listen to any <laughs> other bands at all, really. I mean, I was into like pantera and stuff but like once corn mm-hmm. came out i was i was a new metal fan without any bands you know there was only the one so i would give yeah, people like, like a chance a couple years before any other before any other real new metal bands came out because i think probably the next one was maybe because when did cold chambers first album come out because that was in 96 i mean nothing i think nothing really hit i don't think until like 1996 or 97 i would say like nothing yeah. else really hit there was a few years there where all you listened to was you were like i listened to corn and uh that's the kind <laughs> of music i like is corn there's no other musics yeah. 
Wow, I'm really interested in Life of Agony, though. I got to check them out now. I had no you idea. Do, yeah, River Runs Red is a really is a really sad album, but it's it's very very good, and I think you would like it. It's got a and I, actually, Brett, I think you would like it too because it has guitar solos and it has a lot of that influence of like classical metal, um, and a lot of that kind of stuff. But the other thing that I was calling in to talk about is just like. Because I think, you know, we all kind of cover just generally how bad uh, working is in general. But I think something that's not touched about is the mental effects that working in manual labor can have on people. Mm-hmm. Um, and more specifically, right now I work in a garage door warehouse. And there's something very, very particularly depressing about working somewhere that you know you'll never be able to afford. The pro- like the product that you're kind of moving on the salary that they pay you. Yeah. Because, you know, I'll never be able to, I'll never be able to afford a house or anything like that or a new garage or anything like that. So, you know, working somewhere where that's all I'm doing every day is a particular form of depressing that I don't think it's covered enough. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are people that like work at restaurants that can't afford to eat at a restaurant, you know? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's somebody who is one of my friends who lives here and works at, you know, kind of a, she works at kind of like a, y'all know the North Market in Columbus? Yeah. Um, it's kind of the similar deal here. Um, and she works there and, you know, she gets a discount for her food and everything, but it's still kind of this idea of like, you can't just go to one of those places that you work near and buy a meal there because it's like all like, you know, like 10, 11 bucks for a meal. And, you're not getting paid enough for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be, it can be very depressing as a worker to just realize that like I'm getting paid to do something for people who make significantly more than me. Right. And there's a, there's a weird disconnect, uh, like fast food, like they'll sell you a hamburger for a dollar, but then you go to like Mm. some sort of market and they charge you $11 for the hamburger. And it's like, why didn't anybody making the hamburger get benefit from this? How did nobody be- exactly only the owner benefited from charging ten times more than a McDonald's hamburger? <laughs> yeah, I got um, I got an email for like you should apply to this job, and it was as a, like an assembler, and you get paid per piece of what you assemble. And all the reviews for the employer were like, "Yeah, you just get paid for what you make, and you make like somebody said they only made $300 a week there, even though they were doing like backbreaking labor. And it's like, you know, you're assembling like grills and all this stuff for like rich families who just have like patios and shit like that. But you're never going to be able to be up to their level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that does suck. Also, they you're just, you're working in a garage door warehouse. You should be making enough to own a house with a garage. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, yeah, I've talked about it before where, you know, I wouldn't mind doing this kind of work if I thought I could ever actually make a living on it. Manual labor is pretty much all I've known for my whole life. And if I thought I was able to make a living and retire on it, I, I wouldn't mind doing that for, you know, like 40, 45 Same. years or something. That was but all I wanted. Once you realize, yeah, but once you realize that you're going to be doing it until the day you die, it becomes a, a much different proposition for you well i mean yeah and the fucked up thing we have about work and labor in this country is that like if no one will pay pay you for it it's intended to get you off your ass 
Like if no one will pay, mm. if no one will pay you to build garage doors, that means you're not supposed to be a garage door builder. You're supposed to open a garage door building company instead. And somehow there's going to be yeah. hundreds of thousands of garage door magnates, you know, all over the country making, you know, six figure fucking <laughs> incomes. Yeah, because like the the people who work in the office where I work, you know, they make like seventy thousand a year. Yeah. But then literally right next door in the warehouse, you know, we're making like 30000 a year, which yeah. is not sustainable if you want to actually live a decent life. Yeah, and we, we don't get to have these conversations out loud. I mean, the only thing you ever, like, the only thing you hear is uh, find a new job or go somewhere better. And there is literally, mm-hmm. statistically, there's not enough for all of us to get everything. Like, I think that was one of my big introductions into anti-capitalism was looking at just numbers and statistics and saying like a certain amount of us have to be fucking poor yeah actually most of us have to be fucking working poor like there's no way that everyone can have stability if if someone's going to have you know multiple homes and cars and and have a trillion dollars exactly like it's just not sustainable in any in any sense of the word because I mean, even, you know, I, I don't like to use their rhetoric, but even like fucking like, like economy people, it's like you have to realize that if the significant portion of the population isn't able to contribute to the economy, something is deeply yes. fucked up in your system. Well, I was, and I was talking to Brian too about how this COVID thing, it really feels like people that got $20 to their name are giving $5 to people that don't have any money. Like we're bailing each yeah. other out. Like we're all sending each other the same hundred fucking dollars over and over again so that we don't lose our fucking houses and jobs and, and stations in life. And, and th- that's all we got is like that, 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 uh, regular people that have nothing will give more than any rich person, you know, would. The most generous people I've ever met in my life are always other working class people. Um, I saw a tweet, like, this was maybe like a year ago or something, but, um, it was like, working class people will lend you $20 and be like, oh, just buy me a six pack later, you know, like in like a couple months or something when you can. And then it's like rich people will be like, oh yeah, you actually cost me $5 and 36 cents in gas. I'm expecting that tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. There's all kinds of yeah. There's all kinds of, of fucking rich kids that will will calculate how much your gas, how much gas you used on a on something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the best that we got is that it's us. It's mostly us. It's mostly working people. Like we're the most of us are getting fucked over, and most of us have like a, a basic class consciousness. Maybe not outwardly, but we know it that we're we're part of the forgotten people that like don't get to. Mm-hmm have stability in their lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's like a very common thing, I think, is, you know, we go from this idea of, you know, you're told if you work hard enough as a kid that you can make your own way through, and then as you get older and older, you get more and more disillusioned with that, and you realize you just have to look out for the people who are kind of in the same position as you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. Yeah. A new medal for life. Is what I say. Yeah, new metal is definitely the best. Um, yeah, really quick, I'll plug again. Uh, if anybody wants to listen to the Corn Fed podcast, is that with uh, a K? Yep. And okay. uh, well, technically we have a backwards R, but I don't think it shows up on Spotify. So. No, 
It won't. It but matters to real ones. It matters to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So, well, y'all have a great night. You too. Uh, thanks for taking the call. And, uh, yeah, take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good night. Love to love to hear from the All locals right. that moved to Milwaukee. Yep. All right. Ah, oh. All right. We got to jump in. You want to do it? Sure. We got time. We started sure. late. I feel like nauseous right now, weirdly. I don't know what's going on, but let's take this jump in. I mean, if you throw up on camera, it'll be a good clip. Yeah, I don't mind throwing up. I don't feel not. I just, yeah, it's weird. We got jump in? I hit talk. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Is this me? It's you. You would know. Oh, I am here. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, uh, I did not expect to actually get on. You're on. Oh, well, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I know I, uh, had, uh, hit up earlier, um, uh, getting into metal, um, hit up you guys on, uh, Twitter and, and stuff like that. Uh, so that's been a great experience. Good. Right on. You listened to some of it? Yeah, no, a lot of it. I literally not, like, the Spotify uh, playlist has been just going. <laughs> you enjoying it? Oh, I am absolutely enjoying it. I'm looking forward to, I think you said you were doing a metal uh, podcaster. Yeah, yeah, on the Patreon, we, we're doing a different genre every week, so... There will be a new one next week. We don't know what yet, but uh, it'll it'll be out next week. Yeah, no, I'm I'm digging it. So uh, I did not know I liked metal that much. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, besides that, um, I guess one thing uh, that I was sort of uh, questioning uh, and wanted to call in on is. How do you deal with sort of um, moral quandaries about your job and how you sort of uh, dig into that? Like, um, I guess because I sort of have a job that is not um, well aligned with my moral beliefs, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a... uh, um, but it obviously puts food on the table. It pays me very, very, very well. Um, but I don't know how I sort of, uh, dig into that sort of moral quandary about that. Well, I mean, it, there are ways to do things. Outside of work, there's ways to spend your money to help out with more radical causes. Um, I bought my Patreon and, and stuff like that since I've gotten jobs. Yeah, I mean, you you don't have to even just like for for like uh, uh you know GoFundmes. There are a lot of there are a lot of GoFundmes for transitioning, but also just being a body out there. If there's something going on, if you can, if you can get in front of it, I mean, I, I don't think your job like defines who you are. Just don't let it define who you are as a person. Also, mm-hmm. um, I mean, 
one thing I know is that life is super long. Like I've already lived half of one and I've got a whole nother half to go. And like, that is so much fucking time to think about. And, uh, if you are having these kind of moral quandaries, uh, you, you are and you have the money and, and you're doing well at your job. Uh, you can try to, you could try to pivot into something that makes more sense to you. Um, I always, you know, I always want people that hate their jobs and that are miserable. The first thing I want them to do is come up with a plan. Like if it's just set aside $100 a month until one year from now, you have enough to take a month off or whatever it is. Like you need to figure out if you can, if you want to make a change or not, but you know, putting, making it a goal to be out of your, your field in the next 18 months or five years or whatever it may be. There's definitely a, a way to, to plan to do things in a different way. And, uh, you know, have less money, you know, sometimes there's a lot of money and it makes sense to have a lot of money, but if it makes you feel bad, it's not always good to have a lot of money. <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 it works both ways. Yeah. Where are you yeah. at? Uh, I'm in California. No, I mean, where are you at, like, in your life? Do you, like, does it bother you? Or, like, do you really want to make a change with what you do for your job? Or do you prefer to just get the money that you're making and figure something else out? So, I'm just graduating law school, um, which, sort of know how law school works. Um, But I sort of uh, got a, a job offer. Uh, that's going to pay me ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and I don't know how comfortable I am with that. You know, I, that's great. I mean, that's experience. It's, it's really comes down to experience. Uh, and if you're coming out of your, if you're coming out of college and you have a job opportunity, I think you should get the experience so that people know you can hold down a job and that you're reliable and that you can do all these things that are expected of you. But, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, like, just use this as a foundation to figure out where the rest of your life is going to go because you can make friends with radical people and you can start orienting yourself in a direction that isn't so straight laced and that isn't so, uh, that doesn't, you know, make you feel unfulfilled. You know, you, you have to just figure out what would make you the most happy and, how to get to your position from where you're at right now, you know? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Yeah. Well, I let everybody else uh, get on and stuff like that. Yeah. Have a great yeah, night. Thanks. appreciate it. You we, too. We got another jump in. You want to do it? Sure. We should. We're on the clock. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about it is like, I think that like feeling bad about what you do for your job is not helpful to anybody. I don't think that you're going to benefit from it. But if you've established that like your job makes you feel unfulfilled or makes you feel like you're doing the wrong thing or that you've betrayed the working class, whatever it may be, all that means is that you just have to triangulate a some a, a, a something in the horizon, something in the future that can utilize your skills. Because like being a lawyer has a lot of skills. Being customer service, being logistics, 
There are so many valuable things that you pick up working at some of these shitty jobs that can translate to more fulfilling endeavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find your position, you know, at a place that that works for you, that is comfortable, and that doesn't make you feel like you're selling your soul. Exactly. And it's, exactly, that's yeah. not that's not a ca- that's not me trying to that's not me promising like uh, capitalism saving everybody. I'm just saying that like personally. The world is not going to orient itself in a way that makes you happy. So until you prioritize your own happiness, and once again, I think your own happiness should be focused on helping people. Yeah. Like part of being in this leftist sphere is pointing yourself in the direction towards justice, towards radicalism. And finding out what happens. I think you just have to be comfortable with the mystery of the world and what comes next once you have decided to be fully out loud and proud, openly fucking radical person. Yep. And there's a lot of skills that come from those square jobs that they need at other places. Yeah. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Let's see this jump in. Let's see this jump All in. All right. To say. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who's jumping in tonight? Hey, I think it's me. Hey, I'm Angela. Hey, Angela. How's it going? Oh, you know, another day, another dollar, another another mile. I'm a truck driver. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I mean, truck yeah. driver's a cool job, but I, I, I mean, if you're doing it, you don't like it. I get it. Well, the problem that I'm, I mean, we both, my, my girlfriend and I, I know, make the jokes, guys. Dyke driving a truck, funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, that's a, for it, you. It's, that's it's your cool. privilege. You that's your privilege, not you ours. You guys could laugh. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, my thing is, uh, I've been doing it over uh, like probably 11, 12 years and she's been doing it 18 and through this COVID stuff and the, all the shit that's going on. Um, this might get a little dark and I apologize for that, but I'm kind of like, what the fuck are we saving here? We're bringing supplies. People aren't wearing masks. People don't give a shit about, you know, because we hear it. Truck drivers, other truck drivers, other places we go to. Uh, every truck stop has signs wear masks. Everybody's going in there without them. Don't give a shit about the employees that work there or each other or themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, does the, the question I'm asking is, does a species that no longer cares about its survival even deserve to live? <laughs> Guys, I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, today our company left us in a uh, hundred degree heat for 13 hours with a breakdown. Didn't give a shit. We have two dogs and that's two, um, in the truck just, sweltering in the heat waiting for them i'm like what what are we doing yeah i listen I mean, to your podcast i listen to chapo and i listen to uh true and on and i and you guys actually give solutions but i hear a lot of people talking about shit and bitching and i'm like but, but what are we gonna do yeah it's i mean you that, what i'm saying it's really tough no i know what you mean there's a there's a a club of people that have decided that they don't care about the mask or they're not going to do that and everyone just has to like follow along with it. And, uh, it, it isn't like, it isn't benefiting anybody like t- to be tougher than each other here. You know, it makes sense to just follow the guidelines. It's not even tough not to wear a mask. Like there's nothing about yeah. not wearing a mask You're that saying, makes you tough. I'm ready to die, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, but I am too, <laughs> but I wear a mask because I don't want other people to die. You okay. know? Right, right. Like, that's the whole point of it. I wish we could teach people that that's the goddamn thing. Sure, yeah, you're ready to die for your freedom. That's great. We're all ready to fucking die at this point. It sucks shit. 
yeah. out there. But like, let's not kill people that aren't ready to die. That's all we're fucking asking, you know? Yeah. And uh, you can see, I, I, I would imagine that if you get out the truck stuff, I mean, the thing about the like truck stops and stuff like that is that a lot of them do are in rural areas. And I do think there, there is a certain amount of like, I think people in rural areas think they're safe. Sure. And, uh, uh, you know, they just, the doctor that actually, uh, Dr. Deborah Burks actually was just on TV. I, it just came up across Twitter while we were recording where she said it's everywhere now. It's like, there's no part of the country that's safe. And if you're in a place with an outbreak, you know, it's, it's, it's really not safe. And I mean, basically, if you're in a city, you're in a place with an outbreak at this point. There's there's no cities that are safe now. Now, so I think it. Yeah, it's unfortunate also that it's just this brand of it is really a toxic masculinity thing where you don't have a care for your life or health and that you put it all on the line as something to be impressive. And I don't think that is. Like, I think that part of my, like, beta male awakening as a youth was, like, I don't think dying is, like, a v- something that deserves valor. Like, I don't, I don't think that, like, ending your life shortly for some, any, for some, for most reasons is not worth it. You know, like, there's no, like, dying over COVID because you didn't want to wear a mask is very stupid idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, well, I don't know how it happened. Well, I do know how it happened. The worst, most bad faith humans in the world started yelling to their people and, and they just listen. They just do it. You know, they, it's funny because they feel like they're, they feel this is like rolling coal all over again, right? This is this thing where like they feel like not wearing a mask is the Boston Tea Party. Like they're doing something that, and, a hundred years people are going to be like you know there were there were a few people there three percent of the population that said i'm not going to fucking wear a mask and they didn't and they're all dead but you know they all ended up dying but it's so weird man that that's like when herman cain died it was really like one of those things that were like he went to that fucking rally yeah like all of those people are just going to these rallies and shit and they're just gonna die they're, they just decided I'm so stupid that I'm going to go and get get killed because I, I can't be bothered to care about people. I can't even figure it out, dude. But I can't it, even put myself in the mind of the anti-mask people. I used to be able to put myself in the mind of all kinds of conservative people. I can't even figure it out in my own head. See, but yeah, and but yeah. I don't know. I, I wonder well, how much- I can tell you what I can tell you guys what they're saying. Yeah. Let me know. They, know, they have it. They, they have it all figured out. We hear it on our here at the we're, we're actually at our terminal right now in Oklahoma City. They have it all figured out. They already know it's bullshit. Um, there's stuff out there. Turmeric. And I, hey, I take turmeric, but I don't think it's going to be COVID. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or that, that shit that Trump was peddling. I'm they all- know like, well, if I get it, I, I, there's stuff out there. They're just lying. That's the big thing. They're lying about how bad it is. They're lying about the amount of people, all the numbers. That's fake, right? And they know it. They, they know they have all the answers or God will, <laughs> God will protect them. And I've, I've reminded somebody not too long ago. Well, he didn't do it to, I mean, COVID already beat God. Herman Cain, that dude was a Christian. 
Yeah. A ton of Christians are dead right now. There was, um, (laughs) I I shared a, a story from a Facebook page a few weeks ago. And this person wrote this like satirical thing where they're like an, a grandma in 2045 or something. And they're talking to their kids about how they started making everybody wear masks. And now we have to hide the Bible, you know, and now like we're not allowed to be American and patriotism was outlawed. But somebody commented on that, that and said, I actually have a Spanish flu story in, in my family. My great aunt died from it because she thought God would protect her. <laughs> like that—that's the 1918 flu. Yeah, yeah. people think that they're immortal, and and it's and, fucking. And here we are in 2020, and people still believe this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just you know the the whole all of it, all of it. I mean, even on the because you know you guys are definitely not liberals, uh, like the Demo- your traditional established Democrat bullshit. I have that. I've got real conservative family that are Trump supporters and and Bible thumpers. I'm from California originally, and then I've got the other liberal Democrat establishment. On the other side, they're saying things like, "No, you can't." If black people are offended, like I'm, I'm on their side. But if they're offended about the Star Spangled Banner, we can't change everything. I'm like, no, you don't get to say. Yeah, yeah. The 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 libs do. White. We're white. The libs make choice. The libs love to make choices for, I mean, they're, they're very much, uh, uh, compromise. It's, they always say it's a compromise. So you always have to like, you're, you're always bargaining away before anybody even tries to take something. They love to head off any changes at the path. Yeah. They really love to step in and be like, well, we're not going to like do anything like, uh, like that's actually worthwhile. What kind of re- what kind of useless reforms can we do over this? Yeah, my, I mean, my aunt, she's ba- I'm like I said, I'm I was born in '71, so I'm a Gen Xer, and I'd like to. I'm not. I am not trying to defend my generation. We suck. <laughs> I don't. But my generation sucks. We dropped the ball. I mean, when I see millennials and Gen Zers, and and I listen to you guys talk, I want to apologize to you guys. Well, I'm I'm Gen X. I'm a Gen X guy. Oh, I you think. are. Okay. I'm 41. Yeah, you probably are at the tail end. Yeah, I was into Nirvana. You know, I listened to a lot of. I I, I had unplugged in New York on CD. Okay, I'm a big Gen Xer. I watched the movie Singles a hundred million times. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. But I mean, we dropped the. I mean, you know, we dropped the ball on a lot of things. But there was a lot. We didn't have the. I'm not making excuses, but we didn't have the 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 information trade. I mean, if you you know. We were, we were told we were fed the propaganda, right? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have shit. Yeah. But once you become aware of it, then, then I mean, can you cuss on the show? I probably yeah, already have. Yeah. Fucking change. Crazy. Fucking change. Change, 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 change. Don't keep doing the same shit over and over and over again. Where, where are we at today? Because everybody's dropped the ball. My aunt will sit there. She's a baby boomer and she'll, she'll be like, well, what are you, little Marxist now? And I'm like, look. This shit that we're doing, I mean, you've got, I don't have kids. I don't have a stake in this, right? I don't have to, it's not my future or my offspring's future I'm worried about. It's humanity's, other people that I don't know. I Look, I don't know you guys. I don't know the people that are, are Bible something and I don't need to wear a mask. I don't know these people, but they're still human beings. Even though I don't like them, they're still human beings. 
they're going to have to live in a world that we're leaving behind. Yeah. That we're trashing. And so, and that's what I'm asking myself. I'm like, what, we're bringing supplies to places. And I'm like, nobody, it's almost like, it's like this, there's just this huge disconnect in every respect, economically, socially, pandemically, you name it. We're, I don't, I mean, it feels like end of days shit. Yeah. And we're, we're all, we're just self-destructing and fighting each other instead of, you know, I mean, the, the, the people who sit there and defend the economy. I'm like, do you really, you're on Jeff Bezos' side? Fuck that dude. Yeah, who I don't get it either. Bootstrap? Who did that? Who did, who did that? Did Zuckerberg do it? Did Bezos? No, they got money, lots of money invested in them to start their company. Anybody give you guys a bunch of money to start Street Fight Radio? No. Well, I, the, I doubt that. And then we're self-made, actually, and we're going conservative now. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I'm kind of ranty. It's just That's been, okay. um, you know, we drove through California. I mean, we just missed the fires out there. We just were on I-10 on the way out here, barely missed that. And I'm just like, please, God, I don't believe in God, but I'm just saying lately, we haven't had enough yet. Please be a butthole and shit on us some more because we, we haven't had enough yet. Yeah, there's, just there's ends, storms in Florida. There's, you know, yeah. pandemic, there's civil unrest. Just give us more, please. It's please. frustrating. It absolutely is frustrating. And, and there's, there's no reason for like, I, I like even like, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like a lot of like the conservative lifestyle. I started watching NASCAR and like, I hate every ounce of fucking NASCAR. But at the same time, I don't want to end these people's lifestyles. And I don't think that what they're doing would cost anything compared to what we're paying for to keep the American government and all of the elite people that benefit from it around. You know, the rest of us just want fucking apples and bananas at the grocery store. Like that's, that's it. There's not like we, we aren't having, there's no high demands from your average person and, and they've gained so much from us hating each other and fighting each other. And the mass thing has just been like this really good culture war for, to, to make it, so that we can't work work together, you know. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, I don't know if you, if you guys because I know that you guys got some. I've heard. I think it's Brian talk about his father-in-law, the Sig Sauer thing. Yeah. The yeah. gun thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then I don't know where your family stands on on the other side of it, but um, you, you've got these people that that you you know I've heard you guys talk about it, and I'm like. I, I mean, I just don't engage with mine at all. I don't know how you guys, but like, I mean, it's your father-in-law, so I guess you kind of have to, but I, I mean, my girlfriend's family, I've just, you know, I, I explained to her, I was like, I'm not, um, and she, I don't, she's not happy with them either, but they've said some things. I'm not going to repeat them, um, on here, um, mm-hmm. because I don't want to offend other people, but I'm like, I, I just can't be around that. Yeah. If you can't tell I'm kind of feisty and it won't go well. That's the decision you got to make. Yeah, I I mean, there is, for the sake of being family, there's like this old world thing where like I will put up with the most. But at the same time, I understand uh, like a lot of these people are arguing with liberal straw men on the Internet. They like they really don't ever have somebody like me in their face that is willing to say things that they don't have like a canned response to from a meme. Yeah. Well, and you guys, I mean, 
you know, I, I actually found out about you guys through Chapo. And so I've been listening to you guys. Um, I've, I've kind of like gotten off puck because they just fire me. You guys fire me up and then, I can't. uh, and true and on, it was freaking me the hell out. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't. I, they're all great. Like really bad. You already knew they were bad, but you're like, Jesus, these guys are like really bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, when your podcast is called the Jeffrey Epstein podcast, I start showing these lines of, uh, of things. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not a bunch of made up shit or conspiracy stuff. I mean, they've, they've got some, some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, and pictures and, you know, whatnot. Um, but you get to a point where you're just like, I, I like, I don't know. I, I applaud you guys because I don't know how you guys do this kind of stuff every week. You guys, I know you guys went to the protest there in Columbus, which thank you. Cause my ass, if I wasn't in the truck would be out there doing it. I figured the best way we could contribute to helping was bringing like food and supplies and risking our own asses out here mm-hmm. to kind of do that. Uh, but uh, honestly, like, uh, you guys are like, probably the loudest voices though about over like overthrow it all yeah well that Um, yeah that is that's our little niche is overthrow it all (laughs) start over end it burn it down i I do trust everybody like i like really those protests the first couple nights of the george floyd protest it was so wild that like i could tell everybody out there wanted to get rid of the entire government and i trusted them way more than the fucking government like I was, I mean, I was there with them. Like I, 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 we have the whole world to win, and it's absolutely true. I've heard, I've heard that phrase, and it's absolutely true. Well, and I mean that, like, I, I don't know. I know you guys. I'm sure saw the video. I can't watch it again. And then now we've got police. I, th- I guess they left Portland. I heard they left Portland. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't know. The, I don't know. That's the not being talked technical. about. There's secret police snatching. What does that sound like, to you guys? Police that aren't identified grabbing people and throwing them into unmarked unmarked vehicles. Yeah, I mean, I I actually mentioned that to. I was actually thinking about. I posted something about it where I said, like, yeah, every other time in history this happened, it was bad, but this is the time where it's good that they're doing it. It's like that's that's what I see from conservatives, and it's just like you fucking would have been okay with slavery, and you'd have been a great Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I remember the Patriot Act passing. I remember the De- Department of Homeland Security. I remember being up all night reading stuff and telling people that this these things would happen, and uh, they thought I was a crackpot. You know, they thought I, I, you know, it didn't make any sense. It was stupid, and uh, we we found ourselves there. Like it was absolutely open the door to it to, to someone like Donald Trump. Yeah, and you know, I didn't think I I was always like this is I I was always against the Patriot Act, but I always thought this is like catastrophic thinking. And then yeah. it was right. We were they were right the whole time, you know. So yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that you know that was a big part of the whole reason to pass it is because it they've been doing this, and that's why I'm so very anti that we just pay attention to our own shit here. Because if you've been following what we've been doing in other countries, it's just saying shit, yeah. right? And yeah. eventually, people who think, oh, well, we do it to other people because we're defending freedom. No, eventually, they're going to use it on you, even if you're white. Yeah, they're going to use it, it on everybody. The Confederate state. Yeah, the Confederate state was actually run that way. You know, if you were poor and white in the South during the, when all that stuff was going on, you weren't in a good place either. It was run like a police state. So, and here we are again. So, it's just, yeah, I don't, I mean... 
I don't know. But, and I'm not even sure why I called in tonight. This is not usually my thing, but I was scrolling through. You guys sent, you know, automated, but I got an email that the call-in show was going on. And I, I thought, well, um, because when I talk to people, I'm, I've got friends and stuff like that. They're good friends and, they, and they're well-meaning and they're pretty, you know, they're more of the establishment thing, right? You better vote for Biden, which I'm like, why? <laughs> um, he's not going to change anything. He's just going to look nice while doing it. So it's just nice to talk to people that are maybe as radical as my thinking is, because a lot of times I'm kind of viewed, um, you know, as the uh, civil Marxist and kind of out there and a little too in everybody's face about stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think here's the other thing. You're in California. I think Joe Biden's going to take California and he's very likely. I think I still think he's going to win the election anyway. So it's not like you're voting for Trump by not voting. You cannot vote, especially in California. <laughs> I think. Well, actually, I, I live now. I'm from California, but I actually live in Gerald, Texas, between Austin and Georgia. Ah, he ain't going to win. Biden's not going to win Texas. Yeah. See? <laughs> so <laughs> well thanks for calling yeah, in but, but it's like i can't believe I, you didn't vote for hillary and i was like that woman no. and it's not because she's a woman i'm a woman and i'm all for that like that would be great to see that but not that one not her ever i did i, I did like, not ask her did, do you know what she did in honduras what about libya oh well the libya thing <laughs> oh of course let's make excuses it's the no different than what bush did with what weapons of mass destruction in iraq yeah, yeah so you guys can probably listen to a lot of podcasts, right? No, that's that is what fucked me over was that like spending like graduating when George Bush was the president and spending years of like raking people over the coals for how awful he was as a president. Like when Obama came in, it was literally just came down to fuck. I have to like keep the same goalposts. Like I have to have the same energy with Obama that I had with Bush. Like, I have to say the same, the shit is awful too, you know? Yeah. I mean, when shit's awful, it's awful. You have to be consistent about how awful it is. Yeah. So, well, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. We'd love to have you call back. It was a great one. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for what you do. I appreciate it. You guys have a fantastic night. Thank you. you too. And stay safe. Good jumping. You too. Yeah. That's the last jump in. That's the no jump more in. jump ins. Two jump-ins. We're done. We did our time. We did three hours. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. We are Street Fight Radio. You can find the show on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to watch live, uh, we do it 9 to midnight on Sunday nights, and then we do it like 11 to midnight on Wednesday nights. Uh, Something like you, that. I mean, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Yeah, it just depends on what we're doing before. We record. Yeah. Just find us on social media. We're at Street Fight WCRS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitch, we are at Street Fight Radio if you want to follow along and uh, subscribe to the channel. We will keep doing this and keep it rolling. Thank you to everybody that called in. That was a really good show tonight. I love the call-ins. Uh, if you like the music, that was from Dreadnought. You can find them at dreadnoughtdenver.bandcamp.com. Also, consider donating $5, 10 $15, whatever you got, to the El Pueblo Fund. You can find them at, uh, you can find them by Googling El Pueblo yeah, Fund. Yeah, fucking Google it. Jesus Christ. I don't know how to say the, the, the name of the website. And then also remember that Osmium is the heaviest metal in existence. Uh, you can find more Street Fight Radio and our heavy metal podcast 
on patreon.com slash streetfightradio at the $5 a month level. We have the premium 100 million tons of steel heavy metal podcast. We did an intro episode. We had uh, a doom metal episode with Tony and Alexander from the Minion Death Call podcast. And we're going to have even more exciting metal content coming your way on patreon.com slash streetfightradio. The metal zine is up next, too, I think. So lots of good stuff in the pipe. Uh, we will see you on Wednesday. Peace.